This is Review and Preview on the Wave, the sound of LIU. Welcome to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Evan Masters and Fonz DeFalco. Joining me again here in the studio. Guys, welcome back. How's it going, Tom? Pleasure to be here. Good to be back, Tom. Yeah, pretty, pretty good. Now, Fonz, I know you had an adventurous weekend. We'll get to that a little bit later on in the show. Yeah. But um, a quick reminder, folks, uh, listening tonight on liuwave.org, you can hear us there on our broadcast, or you can watch in our Facebook live stream. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Review and Preview, and follow our podcast and subscribe, anchor.fm slash review and preview. Now, uh, quick backstory, Facebook, Fonz is wearing the Patrick Ewing jersey over there, and Evan Masters wearing an ASU hockey shirt. Uh, Evan, a rising student at Arizona State, and Fonz, like myself, we are uh, no longer in college. (laughs) Old old men, to say. (laughs) Such a wee little baby. (laughs) So let's get to those Mets. Um, they're 44 and 52, 13 games back of first, but oddly enough, just I think it's six games six back games of the wild card. Now. So, uh, Evan, I know you were up late with me watching this game last <laughs> night. What were your overall thoughts on how it ended? Why did I stay up to watch this game? Uh, it, you kind of figured this was like the Mets' way of happening because it would be the day where. The Mets would go down to 24 roster spots because they brought up Jacob Ramu serving the one-game suspension for the months and months ago when he hit Reese Hoskins with the ball. So they were playing with one less guy in the bullpen, and the night they needed a bullpen guy, and that one extra inning kind of did them in the end there. Exactly. It was safe to say it was tough to watch (laughs) last night. But uh, we'll analyze that game in just a minute. Let's talk about how the Mets ended the first half of the season against the Philadelphia Phillies. And this series, they lost game one, 7-2. to It was a rough game. DeGrom was on the mound, another quality start. Pete Alonso hits a home run. Typical classic Mets, you know. <laughs> DeGrom doesn't get the run support. Alonso and McNeil, the only bright spots of the team. We talk about it every week. Sounds but, about right, yeah. You know, it's just, it's tough because, I mean, you're going against the Phillies and, you know, it's only get two runs against Velasquez, that's not going to cut it. And then you saw it transpire um, into game two of the series where Syndergaard took the mound. A typical Syndergaard start, you know, five innings, four runs, doesn't last very long. Uh, gave up two homers in this game. And the Mets, this is not really uh, – even though they won this game, they came back late and won, but uh, they came from behind. Jake Arrieta giving up uh, six runs, but – He had that one inning where that was the whole – Thing with Todd Frazier, right? Yeah. Where he wanted to put a, dent. he said he wanted to put a dent in his skull. Yeah, there there was complete. There was total I was, beef with that. I was at this game. Yeah, I was sitting in the right field, and you couldn't really see what was going on. You just see Cano, because it was Cano that hit. Or no, it was Frazier. My bad. Who's you just see him walking to first base, and he's bickering with Arietta the whole time, and then he just gets tossed out, and there, and you don't learn until after like what's actually transpired. And then you see the dent in the skull. It's like whoa. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, not smart comments by Jake Arrieta. I mean, you know, he's 
I think it's a lot of frustration for him. I'm not shocked. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not shocked. Just uh, a guy who he was before he was like the guy who the Philly signed quick at before last season. Very right, good, yeah. very close to the season. I think he's been. I think he's kind of frustrated where he's at because he didn't get a contract until right before, and this was a guy a year or two ago was a Cy Young candidate, and now he's yeah. kind of floundering here in Philadelphia. Uh it's rough. Yeah. Now Sunday, this was the last game before the All Star break, right? Mm-hmm. They lost eight to three. Yeah, not a good. They started off, I think, six zero, or they were we already losing four nothing by like the second inning. Now, uh, now Fonz, former Met Jay Bruce, two dingers in this game. Tip, he's owned the Mets when they've played against no. each other this season. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Former Mets, they just have a lot of success against their old team. Yeah, it's just it. it any yeah. former Met that leaves, you know, gets yeah, better. It's Mets baseball. <laughs> Zach Wheeler, a porous start. Is he on his way out? I know he's on the IL right now, but is he? He's the guy I think they want to, because he's on his last year of his contract, and I think they're going to. Yeah, no, I didn't mean to cut you off, no, but uh, I, if he wasn't injured, I'd say absolutely he'd be dealt, but now right. now that he's hurt, I think it's a 10-day. He's on the injured list, or maybe a little he bit more. Be, it's, they said he could be activated on the 23rd. It, it could be one of those things where would teams really want a guy who now, he has an injury history, now it's showing up again. It's, it's iffy now, yeah. but if we said healthy, I would say absolutely. Yeah. The only thing, it does hurt the Mets now because, if anything, it lowers his value for where it could be. Yeah. Especially since his last start now was not one you want to show. No, I completely agree there. I mean, the only bright spot of really the first half of the season was, I mean, besides Jeff, of course, but the real bright spot to me is Pete Alonso. What, has mm-hmm. he been, what he's been able to do, 30 home runs. He matched Dave Kingman's record most ever prior to the All-Star break for the Mets. And then the Mets go into the all-star break with him leading the team in home runs, second in the majors, and then Jeff McNeil leads the league in hitting. Both these guys walk into the all-star game, and despite the 8-3 loss, you know there are there is a bright future for these Mets, I think. Uh, they go into the all-star break. We'll talk about how Pete and Jeff performed later on in the show when we go over our MLB News segment. We re- recap the all-star game. But this past week, the week that was, uh, last weekend, Series against the Fish, not the way you want to start off the second half. A loss to the Marlins, giving up eight runs. You know, Vargas, this is 2018 Vargas right here, classic. Vargas is another guy who's been in trade talks because, again, that's a guy that they could quickly deal. One year on the contract, nothing. And he has had a lot of good starts. He had that stretch where he had a couple good starts in that complete game, of course. Yes. Todd Frazier with the home run. Again, not much offense. It's just tough. Curtis Granderson hit a home run in this game. You forget that. Uh, you forget he's with the Marlins. Yeah, and Neil Walker too. Yeah. yeah. I'll always root for Granderson. It's nuts. I don't really. I know Sandy Alcantara. He was the Marlins rep in the All Star game. It's a silly rule that I mean, they have to have one player from every team. Yeah. If he Sandy. was, if they had a good player, I would say absolutely. But there was. We even talked about it before we even yeah. went live. It's like. Who was the Marlins guy? Right, exactly. I mean, you look at the young guys they have now, uh, Brian Anderson, Garrett Cooper, I think. Cooper. Uh, you know, they have a couple other guys. But I don't know. They're, they're not really all-star worthy yet. They're not. No, right. Nowhere near. That's what Maybe. They're, they're raw. That's what happens when you trade all are. of your all-stars. Yeah. Exactly. Ozuna. <laughs> you take a second to think about Yelich. it. Like, yeah, wow, really... uh, yeah, they're all gone. <laughs> so the Mets – this is where the Mets start going uphill. They take two out of three in this series. Game two, Syndergaard looks great. 
the nine strikeouts. Robbie Cano finally uh, smells the coffee. Uh, a guy who a lot of, a lot of people are saying, you know, he's a good guy. He's been there his whole career. He's had some off the field issues, but uh, for me, Cano is just another guy on this team right now. I first half of the season, four home runs. Yeah, I think it was five. Four or five. Uh, you know, it's it's not bad. It's not good when you're pitching. So no, it's, home it's runs not good. Him. It's not good. But him and Conforto go deep in this game. Game three, the Grom getting a win improves to five and seven. McNeil Cano home runs in back-to-back games. Uh, Alcantara, the Marlins all-star, takes the L. <laughs> uh, as we were talking about Garrett Cooper, a young star at first base, I think he might be their future at first. I know me, folks. I just picked him up on my fantasy team. Yeah, he's pretty good. It's a good, good pick. I up. think he, he has double-digit home runs, and he hasn't been up very long. So, yeah. these guys, they will put playing time in these guys. Yeah. There's nothing else I can really do. Now, Fonz, it looks like the Mets are going in the right direction. Yeah. The success they had against the Marlins was great. And then they had a two-game series against the Minnesota Twins this week. And the Minnesota Twins, pretty sure they have the third-best record in the American League behind the Yankees and the uh, the Astros, right? So yes. The Mets' odds of winning this series were not very good. Yeah. You know, it was a quick two-game pit stop in Minnesota as they made their way out west to mm-hmm. San Fran. But Matt's, eh, he was average. Only went four. Well, it's his first start back after that last two weeks period where he was in the bullpen. But what really defines the second half so far for me, the Mets have went from, like, literally the worst bullpen, maybe second worst if we're being nice, <laughs> to one of the best oh, mm-hmm. this first week back. Easily. It was fantastic. They haven't given up a run since their that win streak. Fonz, the the Mets bullpen pitched five innings in this game, and the Twins only scored two runs. I think that that All Star break probably helped them out just to recharge, and they come back now. And, guys have been working. I know. And Conforto went four for four. Uh, this is a guy who really struggled last year. Yeah, but we've been hearing on I know on Mets broadcasts like I think Diaz has been working through the All Star break. Camilia has been trying to get his confidence back. Yeah, that's a good point. So that's what they've been doing. They don't want to be the ones. And then game two, the Mets just blow it up. Vargas gets the run support. They win 14-4. to Dom Smith hits a dinger. Rosario, Alonzo goes deep for number Ooh, 31. That was 474 feet, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, it was picking long, up right where he left off the, the home run derby. In StatCast history, that was the longest home run in Mets history or yeah. since 2015. Now, my thing with uh, Pete is... Now, the Mets lose a year of control. I don't think it's going to matter. And people are still complaining about that. I don't think it's going to matter. I mean, they're going to lock him up. Yeah. They, they, they'd be smart, too. Oh, they definitely would. Him and McNeil have that right Reyes effect, yeah. I think. I, I totally agree. Just the Squirrel and the polar bear. I, that's what it is. I know <laughs> Jeff wasn't a big fan of the squirrel nickname at first. Sorry, Jeff, you're listening. But we know, yeah, so uh, that's something that he's kind of embraced and he's lived up to. I mean, he kind of just like plays like it too. Like he's hungry for yeah. every opportunity. That's why he's been amazing wherever they put him in the outfield. In terms of Minnesota, this is a guy. You have Jorge Polanco. This is a team with Max Kepler, Jorge Polanco, CJ Crone. The most players with 10 home runs on a team. And you score six runs in two games against the Mets. The Mets. Yeah. <laughs> the Mets. Yeah. The Mets. This is. We're. 
and in this series, we're talking Mats and Vargas. We're talking four and five. We're not talking your aces of Robinson. We're not talking that. Mm-hmm. Really? So the Mets carry their their <laughs> momentum out west. Now a four game winning streak after losing the first game back, four and one, and the Mets now they have like the easiest schedule in baseball through August. They don't play another potential playoff team until well, or a team that's in the like the playoffs right now until I think August seventh or eighth or ninth. Right, because they have the Giants, they have the White Sox coming up, they have the Pirates, Padres, they have the Padres. Bad teams. You can get wins. Exactly, I think. He's like the National League. I mean, there's a reason why the Mets are only six games back. The National League is just a bunch of mediocre teams right now. Right, and I was talking to one of my buddies today. The two wild card teams right now, it's the Nationals and the Brewers, the Brewers each tied for 51 wins. The Mets are at 44. That's not a lot of wins midway through uh, July. It's not. No, they all do it. Everyone's kind of just like beating up on each other. Yeah, that's the problem. Outside the Dodgers, the Braves, and the. Yeah, outside the Dodgers race, everyone's just kind of beating up each other. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely alarming because, you know, you like to see consistent baseball. I mean, it's it's hard. I think the level of talent on all these teams are heavily increased from last year. But um, San Fran, last night, as we were talking about beginning of the show, game went 16 innings. <laughs> Syndergaard went seven. Bumgarner went nine. I think Mets pitchers combined in this game struck out 16 guys. Uh, by the end Something of it, like I think that. It was pro- pro- probably more, but you know, a rough this, estimate. This gave me this game gave me flashbacks to that twenty that twenty sixteen wild card game, Syndergaard versus Bumgarner. Bumgarner just completely demolishing the Mets, and they got lucky. Their, their one run was on a ground to a double play RBI. Yeah, and then the Giants' one run was the sack fly, which if JD Davis doesn't make that um, line drive catch yeah, yeah. off the line drive, yeah. the Giants win the game right there. I mean, yeah. probably two, maybe three runs score. Yeah, they limit him to one, and then Jeff McNeil later on in that game getting the lead runner at second. I mean, this was a game, and where he, remember where he bobbled the ball late yeah, in the he, game? Yeah, that was – I think both teams, they just – J.D. Davis had a killer game with his bat. He was good. I know he went three for seven, but, I mean, that's still pretty good. All I'm three guy hits who, were like these slow rollers that got past the infield. They'd... The bat placement, McNeil had a couple hits. No, they were placing their – Alonzo's only hit was the home run. But um, the eighth inning, we saw Seth Lugo. Lugo did his job. Now, you brought up a good point before. Jacob Rame, who was called up serving a one-game suspension out of all nights, a 16-inning game. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So the Mets are one short in the bullpen. And this was tied one-to-one. And then we see in the ninth inning, Diaz. The Go tenth ahead. inning... I think it was familiar. It was a, or somebody. Avilon, I think. Or it was no Avilon was before. Avilon, I believe, was after Diaz. Then Familia was the eleventh. Giselman was the twelfth and the thirteenth. Yes, Wilson was the fourteenth. Wilson was the fourteenth. Mazza was the fifteenth and the sixteenth. And the and the sixteenth, yeah. And it was Robert Giselman's twenty sixth birthday yesterday. He had two yeah, nice he innings. Had two nice innings. Two nice shutout that. innings. But yeah. guys, the Mets beat themselves late. They had a. Uh, didn't they have second and third with nobody out and they didn't score? They had second and third, nobody out, and they had, and ended up having bases loaded with, I think, two outs. It was. Did you see uh, what the Mets, if Mazza got out of the inning, who their next pitcher would have been? It would have been J.D. Davis. Really? They would have put DeGrom in left field. <laughs> no, I would have wanted to see that, actually. I'm well, not going to lie. That's, that's what happens. 
when you got to pitch a position player, a pitcher needs well, to play. J.D. In the Davis field. actually, I think, pitched either in college or even was a pitcher. At the right early now, ones. I'm sure there's players that have a lot like, of them have, like have pitching Todd, experience. Todd yeah. Frazier, who I'm repping tonight, Todd Frazier has catcher experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's. So he's their emergency third catcher. But you know, it's no, it's. I personally, I think instead of once the Mets, I honestly would have thrown out even Degrom. I know he's pitching the next day, but what's one inning of work going to do? Maybe it's just a quick close, or even. Yeah, I, I see why they didn't do it though. Mickey Callaway, yeah. very conservative. He's a very approach. conservative with. Yeah, um, sure. tough. Jerez gets the win. Uh, that kid from Brooklyn got rocked though. The Pete Alonso home run. Look, Evan, folks, <laughs> I'm sitting there. I'm like, all right, the Mets are probably going to lose. Because they just scored, the Giants are going to tie the game in the bottom half. I knew it. I you kind of knew because I'm like Massa forecast. Massa pitched two innings the game before, and these and, teams are getting tired now. And too. he only He's pitched on. those two because the Mets won that offensive flurry against Minnesota because it was going to be Diaz. Did, did you catch any of this game last night, Fonz? Uh, I did not catch be it. Honest. Yeah, no, honestly, I did <laughs> that, not catch good. it. Right, which a I mean, I got. Fan wouldn't. I mean, obviously, I I keep updated with yeah. the ESPN yeah. app and get the updates, and then I. I was like up late, and then I kept seeing. I'm like, they're going 11 innings, 14th. Like they're like, oh, they're tied, still going. I'm like, geez, like how? I can't even imagine. Like, There's, what do you do at that it's point? Like, it's insane. About it's insane. Just when you see a game going extras, it's like you got to commit to it. Right. It just it's a, when you lose a two though after like, that long it's, game like that. Like, it folks, hurts the next day. Folks, a quick reminder: if you have questions tonight. You can call in 516-299-2030 is the call-in number. You can take part in our live show. Tom Scabetta here, join alongside my guests in the studio, Fonz DeFalco, Evan Masters. Now, game two is tonight. The Grom against Bede, Beedy, who pitched last night. He didn't pitch last night. He, pinched he hit. hit. He, he pinched, pinched hit. hit. And I know that was. I know the, they were saying something. And but. that he was pitch inning with runners on. I was like, "This is the tip." I thought that was the point where the Mets were going to lose because that's typical Mets fashion: losing a walk off hit to a pitcher that's pitching tomorrow. Yeah. But they, uh, whoever was pitching, I think it was Justin Wilson, struck him out. But Justin Wilson's good. I'm glad he's back healthy. Oh, same with the. I mean, if Elon had a good inning last night, Familia has had a couple good innings in this stretch where the Mets have looked. The bullpen has looked great. Yeah. Now. The announcers, Gary Cole and Keith Hernandez, the best part was you could tell they t- you sense announcer fatigue during a broadcast. These games go, tw- I mean, yeah, you're, you're talking for like three, four hours. This game went relatively quick. And baseball games, too, like they, you don't know when they're really going to end, too. So it's right. all, then and you add the extra innings. In to San the- Francisco, this 16-inning game wasn't a big deal because people still left the ballpark at like 1130 at night. Yeah, it was an early which start. That's right in San Francisco. It was, yeah. it was a 645 local start, too. Right. So. They were making comments about, I think Trevor Gott was on the mound yeah. for the Giants. And then he has, he had the sixth lowest amount of uh, inherited runners. He had like the sixth highest success rate with when dealing with an inherited base runners. And um, Keith Hernandez made a comment and said, oh, so he has the sixth lowest rate in the NFL. <laughs> and then Gary Cohen, oh, you mean NL. And then they come back from commercial break, and then they're playing like the, the ESPN. ESPN Monday Night Football music or whatever it is. Hysterical. They, and then later, look, I'm sorry. I love talking about Keith Hernandez and his uh, funny moments yeah. on SNY, but it's hysterical to watch. You know, you got nothing better to do Thursday night, Friday morning. 
they do. Keep the people entertained, at least when they're watching. Yeah, they, for they, the people watching. They're better than anyone. There's a reason why they're. They are. They're highly reputable around the league as the most entertaining. They have podcast. a very strong reputation. And then Keith Hernandez is like. Oh, I hope I can get into the parking lot. And then Gary's like, "Oh, you drove tonight." <laughs> like, <laughs> that's hysterical. But uh, and then Steve Galbs was feeding birds. Because what stand. else? Would, what else can you do? Yeah. <laughs> um. But to look forward, yes, the Grom will be on the mound tonight against Beatty. Walker Lockett will pitch tomorrow against Jeff Samarja. Walker Lockett will start in place of Zach Wheeler, who's on the IL. And then Stephen Matz against Pomeranz on Sunday. Before we wrap up this Mets segment, I have a question for both of you guys. Is Cano back? Is he back? He's hitting balls harder, I will say, because he hit a couple hard balls last night. The effort's like, there. Yeah, the eff- I see the, the effort's a little bit back. He made a bunch of great defensive plays last night, too. Mm-hmm. I think I think maybe uh, – I think so. It's starting it's, to it's, look like he's getting back. But yeah. I think that, he's fired up a bit. That break, like I said earlier, probably definitely needed it. And, you know – Maybe we'll see what happens next time we talk. This time next week, yeah. maybe he'll uh, he'll keep hitting the ball. So I I think yes, so far he is back. A much needed uh, break that, there for Cano. That entire break was I think because that's when the media really fueled the uh, whole. This trade was a bad idea. Look how good the prospects are doing. Look how bad Diaz and Cano right. are doing. So Zach Wheeler out the right shoulder impingement and. You know, he joins Yoannis, Jed Lowry, Brandon Nimmo. Is Jed Lowry alive? Uh, that's that's my question. <laughs> I mean, at this point, you might as well bring Todd Frazier back next year. I mean, oh, at, yeah. at this rate, you have nobody else. Um, Look, I know I know Jeff McNeil. I think his best Jeff suited position is third base. Am I? Am I? My opinion. I think he should be a third base next year, no matter yeah, what. It's just one of those situations where I know they signed Frazier to a two-year deal. I know he's not great with the bat. He's I really wouldn't. I really wouldn't mind seeing him come back, because he's going to be cheap, and you need a guy like that in the locker room. If yeah. he, if he fulfills a role of like as a bench bat, pinch hitter, yeah. I think that's where he needs to be. He does, even a pinch fielder for if you want to get a more defensive apt guy out there for late innings. Exactly. So the Mets lose game one. Now let's make predictions here. How many games do the Mets take in the series? I say they split. I say they take. I say two. I say they split. split. I don't think the Lockett game is going to go in their favor. I think split two. I think the Lockett probably the Lockett game would be the one. So that means the Mets will win either one or three games. That's usually how that goes. Well, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. Well, hopefully, it's we're not very good predicting last week. On that note, we're going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we will talk about the New York Yankees moving to the other side of town. You're listening to Review and Preview here on liuwave.org. Welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Fonz DeFalco and Evan Masters. Sorry, a little technical snafu. Having a couple technical issues here tonight, but we are back. We are here on liuwave.org on the campus of Long Island University. <laughs> Post. <laughs> uh, remember, you can call in questions, thoughts, comments, 516-299-2030. Take part in our live show. Subscribe to our podcast on anchor.fm slash review and preview. Now, Fonz, you actually, before we get to the Yankees here, we'll set that up in a second. You actually had a podcast of your own tonight. Yes, yes. Uh, we we kind of went, uh, usually we do anything that's involving the sports top, sports world, excuse me. You know, we did NBA free agency a couple of weeks back talking about 
the MLB with the Mets and everything. But today it's been a little bit more slow time in sports, really. So we're kind of just talking about things in the wrestling world or the gaming world. So if you're interested in sports, wrestling, gaming, or really anything just interesting that goes on during that week, new episodes every Wednesday and Saturday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any app basically where you listen to podcasts. The Slickback Kickback Report is the name, too. <laughs> Should have mentioned that in the beginning. All good, Fonz. So, we get to the Yankees right now. Currently, tonight, they uh, open up the book to a three-game slate against the Colorado Rockies. J.A. Happ on the mound. They call him Mr. Second Half. Yeah. Usually one of the worst pitchers in baseball the first half of the season. Second half, it's usually the complete opposite. That's how he was last year. Yankees, yeah, exactly. And they traded for him at the deadline last year. Top of the fourth, Yankees are up 4-2 to two on the Colorado Rockies, Yankees only have three hits in this game, and the Rockies have seven, but Rockies only got two runs Dem- to show for those Dem- seven Yanks hits. Four runs win. on three hits. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think Hap's going against Kyle Freeland that tonight, who was just called up from the minors. Now, let's talk about Kyle Freeland here for just a quick second. If, I think he was an all-star last year. He was. He was a Scion candidate last year. And he got sent down to the minors this year. I think he finished fourth after the big three NL East guys. It's just a terrible, like, effect sometimes. You're really good one year, and you're so bad. I mean, it's crazy because, I mean, it's great to see in baseball that, like, if you're not consistently good, you're not going to stick. Yeah. You know, it's a really difficult league. You know, kind of like the NBA. Guys fall out of the league a lot. So... But I'm glad to see Freeland back for his sake, and let's see. Uh, oh, the the one, the reason why they have three hits is because Encarnacion hit a grand slam. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so that makes sense. Encarnacion, the parrot, they like to call him. The way he rounds the bases, he's hit at least five or possibly even six home runs since he's been a Yankee. I think he, he, had, he had 23 when he was traded. So. I remember. I think it was Wednesday night. He had a couple. Uh, say it's a good pickup for uh, the Yankees so far. Yeah. Look, I'm I'm going to say something. I mean, their home run hitters are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Gary Sanchez with 24, Glaber has 19, Void has 18, even Brett Gardner is 15. But their best all around hitter is none of them. It's DJ Lemayhu, who they acquired from the Colorado Rockies, who they're playing. To- so th- this is a big weekend for DJ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's the best hitter on that team. Well, yeah, he's what? He's a former batting champion. Third in the majors now in batting average behind Bellinger and McNeil? Yep. And that's what I love about DJ. Flies under the radar, one of the best hitters in the league, and I guarantee you half the league still doesn't know who he is. Well, at least I think before he was on the Rockies, definitely, but now since he's exploded on the Yankees. Yeah, a a little bit more knowable. I mean, I would hope. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I think people forget Rockies all the time. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, it's popular to you because you, you go to school around that area. Oh, yeah, I know West Territory. <laughs> so, the last series before the All-Star game, the Yankees and the Rays teed off. They split that weekend series 2-2. Two to two. Yankees won game four, uh, game one, excuse me, 8-4 in 10 innings. Hap was on the mound, so Hap really picked things up. We were just mentioning Gary Sanchez, who's been fantastic this year, three RBIs. Um, and then Edwin Encarnacion also had a home run. That was great. The Yankees won that 8-4, to four, Evan. And then game two, the Yankees won, or the Yankees lost 4-3. to three. Blake Snell, AL, C.Y. Young from last year. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I mean, I don't know what happened there. Um, Travis Darnot really has made a name. for he, He's been torching the Yankees yes. since he's been on the Rays. Yeah. 
How good has he been? He's been okay. Like I think people are over exaggerating because it was a three home run game against the Yankees. Big thing. He has gotten this playing time though, which is great. And I think the whole thing with Darno was that the Mets, the whole situation was I think bombed by the Mets to begin with. Yeah. He shouldn't have gotten that option, that gave him money. He they he shouldn't have been called up to start the season, especially when you have. Because Devin Mesoraco was in the system at the time. He could have been a good fill-in catcher for the first month or so until Darno was, I think, fully healthy. Even Rene Rivera, I think he's the AAA catcher right now. I think Tomas Nito has surprised, has surprised us, though, a lot. Yeah, and then, of course, Tomas Nito, too, who I think he had a good double last night. And mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's great for – I think I, it's great to see that Darno is uh, making his career uh, – elongating it because I think a lot of people thought it might have been dead in the water – because he just wasn't doing anything for the Mets. But typical Mets fashion, they got guys find life elsewhere. Yankees won game one and game two, eight to four each. Yes. Second game was 11 innings. Apologies there. Game three, they lost when Snell was on the mound and Darno had a home run in that game. Game four against the Rays, Yankees lose two to one. Mm-hmm. Charlie Morton, who I think is mo- the most criminally underrated player in the Amer- or pitcher in the American League because of what he's been able to do. Uh, up until the beginning of June, he hadn't lost the start in an entire calendar year. He was fantastic. Mm-hmm. So they split that series going into the All-Star game. Yankees had six All-Stars this year. I think Glaber got in because of an injury. He was an injury replacement yeah. for the Yanks. Yeah, that was the whole thing because I think there were a couple guys they put in over him. Yeah. And then who knew Paxton with... 11 strikeouts in a seven-inning outing. Uh, 11, 11 strikeouts for James Paxton, former Seattle Mariner. He, he's been... It's been up and down. He's yeah. had some rough starts. It's been it's been a journey for James Paxton so far. I mean, 11 strikeouts in six innings, and you lose the game. Mm-hmm. That's how good Charlie Morton is. I mean, the, the Yankees, one of the, the best hitting team in baseball, possibly. Uh, one run mm-hmm. against Charlie Morton. That's not good. No. The Yankees come back. They play Toronto. They win that series 2-1. to one, And then they win the series against Tampa Bay 3-1. to one. Yeah, they're just beating up on Bell or AL. You see, I mean, the AL East, really. Even the Sox and the Rays. And yeah. I don't know what it is. I mean, last weekend... Toronto, Edward Encarnacion, since he's come over here to the Bronx, he's been incredible. Mm-hmm. I know he had a three RBI game in that first game against the Blue Jays. Yeah. Uh, Judge had a four hit game as well in Much that series needed. against Toronto in game two. Much needed for Judge. And again, these were all low scoring games against the Blue Jays. Yankees took game one yeah. for nothing. They lose game two, two to one. And then they win game three, four to two off of Tanaka. You know, uh, an okay Tanaka. I mean, gave up the two dangers. But other than that, you know, he wasn't bad. Uh, and then Mike Talkman getting a piece of the pie as well. Talkman hit a home run in the series. I mean, they, they've been fun to watch, these kids, it's, all year. It's been everyone. That's, I think, been the excitement because they've had their stretches where a large portion of the team has had injuries, even still now. Yeah. But whoever's in the lineup has been stepping up. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay series 
earlier this week. It was a four-game series. Yes. Monday, Blake Snell, five innings, just one run and three hits. Yankees ended up losing the game five to four. Mm-hmm. And then Travis Darno. This was the three home run ah. Travis Darno game and five he just RBIs. Made a lot of home runs. Darno had all five RBIs in this game for Tampa Bay. That's... Can we just process that for a second? Like I said, you leave me leave the Mets, you'll find success elsewhere. This was another Paxton loss. Up and down. And he wasn't bad. Six innings, seven strikeouts. I mean, his last oh. two starts. Combined 18 strikeouts, he lost both yeah. starts. They did well against eight bat- eight of the nine batters. It's yeah. just, you got to also deal with the guy called Travis Darnell. That sounds weird to say. I, I think Paxton got a no decision, and Chapman was charged with the with the loss, I actually. believe so, because yeah. it was the last home run. Because the Yankees were a, ahead in the yeah, top of the ninth, and yeah, then Chapman tie, blew yeah, the and save. He, yeah. And Carnacion had two home runs in that game as well. And Gio Urshela, again, these guys, Mike Talkman, Gio Urshela, who are these kids? I mean... You know who they were in the beginning of the year, yeah. really. Gio Ochoa has also just been a great defensively, too. I can't say that enough. It's tough to watch. It's fun to watch, but it's <laughs> tough as a Mets fan if, if you're watching that. Yeah, it's... Game two, Yanks win 8-3. to Didi, he's back, four RBIs. Yankees hit four home runs. Uh, I believe Didi had the grand slam in this game. Encarnacion hit a home run. Judge and DJ LeMahieu home runs as well. And Hale got Dave Hale. He's been a fantastic bullpen pitcher for the Yankees this season. They find guys from presumably nowhere, but people always forget that the Yankees Triple A team is like one of the best in minor leagues. They just are great at finding talent, and I think people kind of forget that sometimes because mm-hmm. the reputation of the Yankees is bringing you got. They're the Yankees. They can just throw money at anyone, and they can come. Right. But they're so good for just bringing in young talent and developing them, and that's why their minor league system's always great, and it's why the Yankees are always great. Right. I, I will say this. The reason why Tampa Bay is now maybe not great, but really good, like above average, it's a youngster by the name of Austin Meadows, who big fan. five-tool player, in my opinion. He's great. I mean, he's hitting home runs like there's no tomorrow. He had a home run in game two. I think he hit a home run in, like, at least two of the four games in the series against the Yankees. Yeah. I believe so. Game three, Yanks win 6-2 to two on Wednesday. German went six innings, gets the win. German was in a little spell for a while, a little slump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He's regained his composure, his footing a little bit. He began to lose it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he's gotten the tracks back on the railroad. And Chirinos for Tampa Bay, not good. To say the least, five innings, five runs, nine hits, three RBIs given up to Gio Urshela. Meadows, two straight games with a home run. Actually, Diaz as well hit a home run in back-to-back games in the series. Those two. The, Mar- the Rays alone. have great talent too. Yeah. Now, my thing with the Yankees is this. Their fifth starter, Chad Green. Yeah. That's who it is right now. Can't be Chad Green. Because Severino is hurt. So you, your starters are, your one is Tanaka, your two is Paxton, Herman. three is Herman, or I, I don't know, any order. Herman. Right. Those are your four. And so CC. Well, well, it's five, then with Hap and Herman and CC. Tanaka, Hap, Herman, Paxton, CC. 
and then Chad Green. So you can't. So Every so often, they're using him as a sixth spot, like a bullpen which game, good, which th- which is good, I think, especially because yeah. a guy like Hap who has had his struggles, a guy like CC who's getting up there, so it's he has a lot of mileage on him as a pitcher. He's been times where he's hasn't yeah. been able to, he's had to take a little sit down here and there. Game four, Chad Green went out there. Only pitched in an inning, but he had two strikeouts. Sessa was great. Charlie Morton took the loss in this game. Yes. So Morton, who beat the Yanks the week before, Yankees get their revenge on Charlie Morton, unfortunately. Uh, love Charlie Morton. But, hey, maybe Travis Darno has found himself a new home down south. Probably. He's the first catcher to hit three-plus home runs versus the Yankees ever. To ever do that. Now the Yankees against Colorado tonight. That should be interesting. So, because it's in New York. Yeah. Completely different from out in Colorado. Yeah. Ballpark wise, and but Colorado's an interesting team. They, people forget. Like I say, people forget about them. I think Nolan Arenado is like the forgotten superstar of baseball because he plays for Colorado. I'm going to pick up the phone here because we have a caller. But, yeah, Evan, keep talking about how you think Colorado's uh, well oh, yeah, in that wild card mix. You have Charlie Blackman there, too. You got Trevor Story. I think these are guys who are just forgotten sometimes because they play for a team that – I don't know what it is with the Rockies, but they just never seem to, like, get it going. And I think their first real playoff run in a while was last year. Yeah. And the, the, the guys you mentioned, I mean, I mean, for the hardcore baseball fans, they obviously know, but then for the casual fans, like yeah. – for some people, it's like, oh, I maybe I know who that is. So, yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying on that. All right, guys. At this time, we have a caller. All right, caller, please state your name and where you are from. Hey guys, I'm Dominic. I'm from Stanford, Connecticut, and that's basically it. Big Yankee fan. Dominic Danielle is calling from Stanford, Connecticut. Okay. Uh, now, Dom, what is uh, what is your question for us here tonight on, on, on the show? I have to translate to my co-host because uh, having a little technical issue. But, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, who do you guys think the Yankees will trade for before the trade deadline? Dom's question is who do we think the Yankees will trade for at, uh, at this year's trade deadline? Well, I'll go first. Fons, you I, go first. Yeah, I, I probably would uh, assume maybe a, a pitcher. Well, definitely. I would pitcher. think that would probably be the main thing because, I mean, the for a guy like a regular player, like a batter, you don't really need it because you have all these guys. Yeah. Even everyone that's hurt, you have the second string or third string. Like, the lower-level guys are playing at a high level. So I would think you go after a pitcher, probably Madison Bumgarner or uh, Marcus uh, Stroman, Marcus I believe. Stroman. Yeah, that's um, – I can't even – Zach Wheeler. I mean, if you if you want to, I mean, maybe that's just an option if they can't get the Mike Miner in there too. Yeah, if you can't get those top two, then Mike Miner. I think he could be one. I think Bob Madbum. I think obviously, I think his keys getting dealt. Yeah, yeah. With the Giants, I mean, the Giants. Eh, It might not happen now. now? Is there only two games back from a playoff? Yeah, it might not happen. They they might hold on. They might want to hold on to him. Stroman might be the the top guy, and then if they can't get him, then Mike Miner. Miner's a guy. Yeah, then Bumgarner. Well, it depends because I was looking at the list. It had. Stroman, Miner, and Bumgarner. So those are your top those, three. That right? probably would three. in that I'm order gonna, too. I see Robbie Ray. Tom, you took the words right out of my mouth. 
That's exactly who I was going to say. What would you say? Robbie Ray from the Arizona Diamondbacks. Robbie Ray, great. What do you think, Dom? I think realistically, I mean, of course, I want Mad Bum. I love Mad Bum. I just think a team like the Braves could offer a much better package than we could. I could see the Braves getting Mad Bum and Will Smith, and that would help them out a lot. But, I mean, I also want Marcus Stroman. But the thing is, Toronto's going to want a huge haul for him, too, because he's young. He's now developing. He's starting to show he could be a real, really good starting pitcher. I just think if we're trading in division for a guy that's more than a rental, it's going to cost a lot more. I think realistically, a guy who's not going to cost that much would be a guy like Robbie Ray. He's got the he's got stuff to strike guys out. He can go pretty deep in some games. I, I like that about him. And he wouldn't, I don't really don't think he will cost that much. And the D-backs are obviously going to sell. And I think we could also go after the Giants and get another reliever. Not Will Smith. I think Will Smith is going to generate a lot of more. Yeah, Will Smith's um, not coming to the Yankees. Sorry. I don't think it's going to happen. But Tony <laughs> Watson, that's the guy who won the bullpen. Yeah, I don't blame you for wanting Dom is saying he thinks it might be Robbie Ray from Arizona. I mean, do you think it might be a rental? Oh, yes. Oh, you know. Anybody. I think even I'll, Dom. <laughs> oh, definitely. Um, here's my problem with all these National League pitchers. Like I said before, when we were talking about the Mets and just all these National League teams are within five games or less in a playoff spot yeah. with a wild card. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. I think um, Arizona's yeah. two and a half or three right now, but these are teams that might want to consider competing. So I feel like a lot of these Instead teams are yeah. kind of hesitant to trade, which is so why... So it could be Stroman. I think a Stroman or a Miner is more likely because, well, to, like the, Blue, the Blue Jays are out of it. The Rangers, actually, I think, are not terribly out of it. They're one of the few AL teams that actually still have a chance, games back-wise, but the odds are they're not going to make it, and might as well get your you trade Miner because he has been a great pitcher for them this year. I think, isn't Mike Miner like 10-4 and four or something like that? Like he, He's a really good record, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if I'm confusing yeah, him good. with somebody else, but uh, Dom, I know, uh, you know, you uh, you you got Noah Syndergaard on your fantasy team. You don't uh, you don't want him at all going to the Yankees. <laughs> I, I would love him, but he's gonna. He's, you he would, would love him. Cost too much. It doesn't matter. If you're having a bad year. He would cost too much. Yeah, he he would cost too much. That's a good point, Dom. Uh, I think now I know, as you are a big Yankees fan. Um, by the way, congratulations on the new job. Um, Thank you. Masahiro Tanaka gets the win at the All-Star game, and Chapman gets the save. <laughs> so you, you really must have been enjoying yourself there. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, I really I think Robbie Ray, Mike Miner are the top two with Stroman as a third. I just think the argument against Bumgarner, there's too many lefties, too many southpaws yeah. in the lineup, which you don't really want. Um, especially considering, you know, you have bats like you're going to be facing often, like Vlad Guerrero. You know, you have a lot of powerful bats in that division course, that you're going to be yeah. going up against. So, uh, Dom, anything else you want to uh, ask us here? Um, how about the Mets? You guys think the you're Mets? Ooh, pass. I, I think. I thought I, we finished that segment already. <laughs> I don't. I don't think the Mets are going to sell much. If it's, they do, it would have been Wheeler. If, if anything, I, I think. The names I think were Wheeler, the guys with one year on the contract. So yes, Wheeler, Frazier, Vargas were the big three. That yeah, Wheeler, Frazier, and well, maybe not. I don't know about Todd. Vargas? I think Todd, I mean, he has value. I think Todd has value as a bench bat because it happened two yeah, years ago to the Yankees. So you exactly know, could and see. Yeah, Wheeler would have been the guy. Two weeks ago, around the same time, he's 
Todd Frazier's having his best batting year in Vargas years. Vargas had value for a while. Frazier's having his best batting year yeah. in years. He's batting like a 270. This is a guy who's consistently down at 230 yeah. for years and years. So, Dom, I, I, the Mets definitely won't buy anybody, and I don't think they're going to sell much. They're probably just going to I, I don't. I don't, I don't think so. But, uh, that, yeah, thank you so much for having us on. And I'm sure you're enjoying the series against Colorado tonight. You never know. Maybe, uh, maybe if Kyle Freeland was pitching a little better, he could have uh, gave you some uh, help there. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Dom. Thank you very much, and uh, enjoy enjoy your uh, weekend at MLB. Yeah, you guys too. <laughs> that was Dominic Danielle from Stanford, Connecticut. Actually, Dom's working at MLB Network, so oh, wow. that's why I had him call into oh, the show. Wanted awesome. to talk about, uh, awesome. yeah. you know, his uh, yeah. big Yankees fandom and what he likes to uh, talk yeah. about, which is his forte. Major, perfect, major perfect job for him then. Yes. <laughs> Perfect timing. Yeah. But yeah. He's also friends with Hank and Dichter, our other caller, if you remember from a couple weeks oh, ago. Oh, yes. That yeah, other yeah. Yankees fan. <laughs> uh, uh, on that note, we're going to step aside for another quick break. When we come back, we will talk some MLB news and recap the All-Star game. You're listening to Review and Preview here on liuwave.org. Now back to Review and Preview. Evening and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I'm your host Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Fonz DeFalco and Evan Masters here in the studio. Just talked about the Mets and the Yankees. Had a call from Dom Danielle. Thank you very much. Let's get on to some MLB news. Uh, halfway through the Major League 2019 season, the Los Angeles Dodgers currently hold the best record, 64 and 35. Yeah. They've been fantastic. Uh, despite not bringing back Manny Machado, he was just the rental for them last year. Mm-hmm. They were the runners-up in the World Series to the Boston Red Sox. And they've been, as expected, I think, the number yeah. one team in the National League. Yeah, we kind of, we kind of expected that, like yeah. you said. I don't think there's any surprises there. Uh, and DJ LeMay, who an RBI single, just gave the Yankees a 5-2 to two lead, by the way. So, over the Rockies, which a team the Dodgers are... Fighting against for the National League West. Not much fighting. <laughs> not, not much fighting, sure. but, you know. Trailing. You get the point. They yeah. might meet each other in the playoffs. Uh, uh, one against the four, maybe. If they win the wild card game, the Rockies. If they get in for that matter. Now, it's another team, Minnesota Twins, been surprising a lot of people this season. Some people saw it coming, but a lot of people didn't. Leading the AL Central. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only other team really in consideration for that division is the Cleveland Indians but they have been fantastic as of late what they've been able to do um, 59 and 36 this season they've been fantastic on the road which is difficult to do and they're playing against the athletics this weekend and really the biggest player that has stuck out to me Jake Odorizzi uh, Max Kepler and CJ Crone. I mean, those are really again. These are under the radar guys. You don't hear of that I much. Like your entire team is under the radar. Yeah, that's it's a crazy thing. What it is? I think the only guy who really I would even consider a household name or the name with I think pedigree to like a casual baseball fan is maybe Nelson Cruz on that team, and he's just a DH. Yeah, there's so much talent and guys who've been able to hit, and then the pitchers have been dealing. And it's just. 
this team has come out of nowhere and it's really exciting to watch. Eddie Rosario, 21 home runs. Like, who is that, you know? And Crone, 18 home runs. Mm-hmm. Cruz has 18 home runs. But let me tell you something. These Minnesota Twins, you got to look out for them. I, I don't know. I mean, could they make a run at the World Series? Yes. But the AL is difficult to roll through. Because where the National League, it's more wide open. The AL, you got your top dogs with the Yankees and the Astros. You got to get through one of those two teams. Exactly. Or both. Which they're going to end up playing one of them in the playoffs. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. And it's probably going to be Houston as of right now. So we'll see. There's a lot of baseball left to be played. I don't want to speculate much. But the Twins have an MLB best 177 home runs through 95 games trying to track down the Yankees. you know, last season, 267 home runs. They broke the Mariners' record. I think as of the Mets series, are on track for 300. Really? Yeah, I think that was set on the Mets broadcast. So. Well, there is a record-setting pace for home runs in baseball this season, <laughs> which, you know, it's Seems been be fantastic. There's beaten. also been a lot of strikeouts, too. That's how baseball's trending. It's yeah. trending from a lot of small ball hits, singles, doubles, to a game of home runs, or walks or strikeouts. Yeah, that's pretty much what it's been as of late. Up until Wednesday, the Angels rode a five-game win streak um, since the death of Tyler Skaggs, who was honored at the All-Star game, and the Angels first came back. His mother threw out the first pitch of that game, and Mike Trout has been on an absolute tear since then, trying to make his case to possibly be you know, a late riser for the MVP discussion. Mm -hmm. I think he is the AL MVP. Yeah. It's just, there's no one who he's I think the AL leader in almost every major stat. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm pretty sure he's hit like six or seven home runs like in the last five games, six games or something. He's been incredible, and this is a guy who's still young too. You know, twenty six, twenty seven years old, and that's what you like to see. A local kid out of New Jersey. He's got already got. He's almost got thirteen hundred career hits. Yeah, he's. They're saying eight-time All-Star at 27 years old. That's unheard of. He's been an All-Star every year since he's been 19, 20. Mm-hmm. No, it's ridiculous what yeah. Trout has done. I'll have it under the radar because he does play for the little brother Los Angeles team. But even through all of that, I mean, he's still shown that he has been, and I, my opinion, the best player in baseball since probably the past five seasons easily. Yeah, he's he's been the number one. Maybe not. Maybe Cody Bellinger has, for the National League, you know, he's been up there with no, him. But so far, Trout's got thirty home runs. He's hitting three hundred five. Incredible. He does that for five tool yeah. player. Let's talk about the home run derby now. Ooh. So it's fun to watch. Oh yeah! Last Monday night at Progressive Field, I recorded it. I forget why I didn't watch. Oh, yeah, I remember. I was with Albert. That's why. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so the home run derby happened, and I get home first round, progressive field, hometown favorite, Carlos Santana going up against Pete Alonzo of the New York Mets. A lot of rookies in this home run derby. We saw Vlad. We saw Pete. Pete eventually won the whole thing, but he beat Carlos Santana Late in that first round, Santana did not have a good first round yeah. at all. Yeah, but neither did Alonzo, and I think part of that, his cousin who was pitching to him, they really couldn't get into a good rhythm early yeah. on. It it, it struggled. Just, he was just simulating Mets pitching. 
<laughs> this is a good one. Oh my! <laughs> Very nice, Evan. Like I'll be here for another hour. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, yeah, his cousin Morgan. He 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 was struggling, but he advanced past Carlos Santana. Then he won against Acuna in the second round Acuna, or semis, yeah. right? Acuna. Who was I picked to win it all? Yeah, but. The other second round matchup was fantastic. <laughs> Vlad Guerrero Jr. goes into quadruple overtime. They had to do a multiple swing offs, like you get three pitches and or three hits and with Jock Peterson of the Los Angeles Dodgers. He was a runner up, I think, a couple years ago when he took on Todd Frazier. That is correct. But yeah, this it was probably the most entert- I tweeted out that it was more entertaining than with this year's Super Bowl. Which it was. I think that was the most exciting 20 minutes of sports you'll see in the middle of summer anywhere. I don't know if it was more exciting than the Super Bowl. I, I mean, it was a low-scoring game. I still enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought, I, oh, I thought it was, it was a great game. I think it was from an exciting yeah. factor for, like, the casual viewer. And we and we were all talking with, like, oh, Vlad only has had eight home runs heading into the home run derby. Oh, he yeah. shouldn't be in it. It's a whole different thing. And then, He's you know. attached to his father, but then all of a sudden, raking. But <laughs> after that, even when we saw, like, the, the video of him practicing – the home runs and the way it sounded when he hit the ball. And I was like, yeah, put him in right away. And I don't know what it, what it was with Pete. Because I think Pete, I think early on with the home run derby with Pete, in like the first round or two, I think he was treating the home run derby just like batting practice. He was swinging yeah. at everything and like he was making good contact. Like he's just an all around. That just shows that he's more than a home run hitter, in my opinion. Yeah. Because he was just making good contact. And, he, and that's not the point of the home run derby, obviously. He was. Yeah. Which. And then he actually. By, I think, the third round, he realized how to pace himself, how to get the good hits. Pete also definitely got the luck of the draw. He did, with the guys who he Probably went, who went up against. against. Yeah. yeah, especially in that first round, because Santana, I think, between him and uh, Chapman, I mean, neither guy was good in the first round. Okay. So, uh, it just wasn't. And Chapman was a late Chapman replacement was for, for Yelich. Christian Yelich. Yelich. Yeah. That was a little controversial, because everyone wanted to see Yelich, obviously. Yeah, which... Things happen, but 312 home runs were hit in this home run derby. That's the most ever. That crushed last year's record. My quadruple overtime will do that. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. had 91 home runs. That was 34 more than the winner Pete Alonso hit. Oh, that's right. Uh, Pete Alonso also did not. He never had to go into his extra 30 seconds. He never had to go into his bonus time because the guys who he was going up against just you know they didn't hit many home runs. Yeah. So he just had to get one over them. And when you're hitting second every time in your round, it's advantages because you know how many you have to get. Yeah. Which he was in an opportune spot. He took advantage of it. He hit home runs. And That's all that matters. He won. But this Jock Peterson, man, I mean, it was so fun to watch because Vlad was crushing them out. They're like, no way, no way. And then Jock Peterson, you see his little brother there. Yeah. Uh, watching him, cheering him on. That was great to see. Uh, Jock's got a bat. Yeah, he, he's always he's had a bat. Fantastic. He's always I mean, it, this favored lefties, I think. Oh, mm-hmm. the park favored lefties. The park yeah. does favor lefties, but Pete made it we work. We saw two righties in the finals because yeah. Pete and uh, well, the Vlad. Two, two biggest power hitters. The thing team. with me, Vlad hit all those home runs in the same spot. Oh, Pete, Pete was hitting them all over. He was hitting them in center, center, deep center, part of center field, field yeah. in the, like the trees there. I think he was the only guy to really disperse his home runs. Really. Now, Fonz, this final round. He outslugged Vlad in a memorable final round, hitting 23 home runs as Vlad had 22. Yeah. Both rookies. 
Yeah. Every, what, were your, what was your thought process on that final round? Well, just to show that that's basically the the future stars right there, Pretty and then much. we go. We obviously we know what Pete has done because we're Mets fans, but yeah. probably a lot of people outside of New York don't really know who this kid is, and that could be the same with you know Vlad Guerrero. Why is he in here? You know, it's only because his his dad is Vlad Guerrero, but they both showed out that they're going to be here for a long time. So Peter Alonso hit 57 home runs. That was the third most ever in a home run derby. Still 34 fewer than Vlad. Yeah. <laughs> I think the thing. I think Pete kind of won because I think Vlad. You could tell by that last round was drained. Drained. Yeah. When you, when you hit that many home runs, yeah, they, yeah. You I will think get even drained. by like the third or like fourth swing off he had, you could tell he was starting to lose some gas because when yeah, you're swinging that agree. much over and over and over again, it obviously get tires you out. Now. The All-Star Game was Tuesday, July 9th, also at Progressive Field. The American League beats the National League 4-3 to for their seventh straight win. American League pitchers strike out 16 National League batters for the most in a nine-inning All-Star Game ever. Hometown favorite Shane Bieber wins the MVP in his first All-Star Game appearance after striking out the side in his inning of work. I would have given it to Joey Gallo for the go-ahead home run, but I got giving it to the hometown guy, especially that he had a good performance. I think Bieber, I mean, I think you can make a case for a lot of people. Oh, obviously. You definitely make a case for, uh, you make a case for Pete Alonzo. Yeah. You got the, yeah. He had two of the National League's three RBIs. You could also make a case for Ver, Verlander. I, I think Chapman even first. He yeah. struck out the side and a save. But it's the all-star game. I get given to hometown guy. The starters funds, they were kind of the who we predicted. Justin Verlander. Yeah, we talked about it. Those are the two Ryu. guys we yeah. expected to be definitely, starting in this game. Definitely Ryu deserved it. And the best part is when the players are mic'd up. And remember last year, Charlie Blackman was mic'd up. He hated it. This year, he was a little more comfortable with it. Yeah. Uh, he got his first ever hit in an all-star game. A home run. Good for Charlie. In the sixth inning, Gallo, of course, hit another home run later on. And then Alonzo, the polar bear, had a two-run single back in the eighth inning. So that was the All-Star game. Trade deadline's approaching rapidly. Already one big transaction. Andrew Kashner is off the board, goes from the Orioles to the Boston Red Sox for a pair of minor leaguers. Kashner will be a free agent at the end of the year. And another big thing, too, here, guys, is that uh, Kashner already had his first start with a Red Sox as a Red Sox. He did not go very well, but... He'll be back on the mound Sunday against his former team, the Baltimore Orioles. Imagine getting your first win with Boston against your former team. That would be insane. I think Boston adds much. Boston had to make a move first because mm-hmm. they had to make a move before the Yankees did. If they had any shot at competing for that division, they had to make a move. And Boston still needs to climb past Tampa Bay. Yeah. So right, realistically, their goal is to get a wild card. Because the Yankees have this division locked down, in my opinion. Yeah. So, what do you think of this Andrew Kashner move? It's a cheap deal just to get anything out of just try to make a push because Sox are third. Yeah. I mean, the the 9-4 and four record, I mean, that's that's always great. Especially He's won a lot of games. Especially for a team like the Orioles who don't win many games. Pretty much. All right, guys. So... Before we have our top of the hour break, 
please state your MLB player of the week, and if you have player of the first half of the season, like the best player that stuck out to you the first half this year in baseball. Well, I'll, I'll go first. Uh, for my player of the week, I'm going to go with uh, Xander Bogarts from the Red Sox. Uh, played seven games for the past seven days. 29 at-bats, 16 hits, a 552 uh, batting average. That includes four home runs. One of the stars, really, for the Boston Red Sox. And if you want a, a player for the first half, Tom, I'm going to go with Christian Yelich of the Milwaukee Brewers. Ooh. Yeah, he's third in National League with the average with 330. Leads the NL in home oh, ties first, excuse me, with Cody Bellinger for, with 34 home runs. Right. And really, I mean, just you, you have to feel for Miami Marlins fans seeing what hap- seeing this now after trading uh, him to the Milwaukee Brewers. Very difficult. Nah. Yeah. So I, I say so far, I mean, there's definitely a lot of good candidates for the first half, but I'm going to go with Yelich for my player of the, yeah. the half, really. Good pick. All right. Evan, so, you are up. For my player of the week, I'm going to go with a guy who I think exploded basically almost on one day. That's Brandon Crawford for the San Francisco Giants. Had nine RBIs and two home runs in one single day. And then for the past seven games, he has hit 407. He has three home runs and 12 RBIs. And I think it's a guy who, who's been really crucial for the Giants' surge in uh, being able to keep themselves in the playoff race in the National I agree. League. Yeah. And he's also, I think, was had one of the hits that led to their win last night. I believe he had the second double. Yeah. <laughs> now your player of the half. Oh, my player of the half. I'm going to go with Hyun Jin Ryu. Uh, he's been, I think, the most dominant pitcher in baseball by far. He has a year I've won from 7-8, 10 2 Has been the anchor for the Dodgers, which is something that Dodger fans aren't used to because they're used to seeing Clayton Kershaw be the anchor of this rotation. And to have someone else do it, I think it takes pressure off Kershaw. It allows the Dodgers to have more flexibility going into the postseason, and I think that will actually help them going on more into the rest of the regular season and to make a postseason push. Very true. Uh, so my player of the week, I'm going – I'm actually going to go a little different. I'm going to go with Garrett Cooper of the Miami Marlins. Mm. Uh, he's hit a pair of home runs. Now, he only has four RBIs on the week, but he has a lot of hits. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just all about RBIs and home runs. The guy makes contact. He hits well. And my player of the half, it's – I mean, to me, it's going to be Cody Bellinger. Another clear good pick there. Yeah, fantastic player all around. <laughs> I think right now he's the National League MVP with Yelich as a close second. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a toss-up between those two. As good as Alonzo's been, he's going to be a distant third at best. Yeah, at, at, at best. We're he'll, saying he's uh, still so, going to talk about Josh Bell. Yeah, he'll get some votes. I think for I know with that for MVP yeah. potentially. I mean, oh. he's he'll clearly win NL Rookie of the Year. Oh, but I think so too. I think Alonzo, he's in the top five. I mean, it speaks for I, itself. I, was, I know his batting average isn't as good, but yeah, I think that's what's the main separator between him and yeah, Yelich and. But I, I think Alonzo, he might be the third best hitter in the National League in I terms agree. of like I power. I agree. So, all right, guys. On that note, we're going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we will have our team of the week, and we'll talk about some NBA free agency. You're listening to Review and Preview here on the Wave, the sound of LIU. Good evening, and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Fonz DeFalco, 
Evan Masters now. We have switched positions. Evan will get a crack at uh, operating our board here tonight. It's time for our team of the week. Before we get to that, quick reminder, folks, if you have any questions, thoughts, comments, 516-299-2030 is the number or a comment on the Facebook chain, as James Montefusco did earlier. Team of the week. Yes. Fonz, yes. you are first. Well, since we are going to go talking NBA now at the second hour, I mean, we'll, I'll put a little star next to this one. We'll do team of the past two weeks. I'm going to go with the L.A. Clippers because, I mean, they acquired, and we'll talk more about it later, the best player in free agency, one of the best players in the world right now, Kawhi Leonard. Not only that, but they also got Paul George. And, I mean, they gave up a, a lot of draft picks, whatever, but they're here to win and they're going to compete with the Lakers for the battle of who's the better Los Angeles team. So my Clippers are the uh, team of the week. It's going to be fun to watch for sure. Evan, who is your team of the week? Oh, I had it up on my laptop, but it is. I have the San Francisco Giants. Uh, they... I think they've only lost one game since the All-Star break. And uh, they had, they I think in a doubleheader, they won 19-2 to against the Rockies. And then they also had a, just a couple other games where they completely dominated. They, swept the, they almost swept the Brewers, swept the Rockies, and they won their first game against the Mets. And just offensive showcasing that for a team like the San Francisco Giants that doesn't have really any offensive firepower to see it all come out at once is truly amazing, and they've cemented themselves in a playoff spot, like I said, when I talked about Brandon Crawford. I like it. So, for me, I'm going to stay baseball like you did. I'm going to go with the Cleveland Indians. Um, just four games back of the Twins now. They're 15 games above 500, and yeah. they are on a five-game winning streak. They've won eight out of their last ten. They are dominant, of course, still without Carlos Carrasco. Of course, we know the news about him. But, uh, you know, you still have Bauer. Kluber is near return, throws his first bullpen session since his injury. So, wish Cleveland the best in their run back towards possible playoff berth. Kansas City Royals, who they're playing tonight, though, they've won their last four. Brian Flynn, the lefty, is on the mound, but um, they are currently trailing that game 5-6. No, they're winning 6-2 to two over the Royals, so good for them, trying to win six in a row. Fonz, before we get to NBA free agency, now I'd like to jump to you here, folks yeah. on Facebook, if you're watching. Uh, Fonz, you actually went to the Barclays Center this past yes. Sunday. You went to the Big Three. Yeah, uh, for those that don't know, it's a league sort of by Ice Cube. It's basically three-on-three three basketball. <laughs> First uh, 50 wins, uh, halftime after 25. It's just basically three-on-three three half-court basketball. Uh, the teams I saw, uh, one team's called the Triplets, which is my favorite team. and has, remember these names, Joe Johnson, <laughs> Al Jefferson. Oh, yeah. These... And I, those, like, example, those are some guys that, like, I, I grew up watching. I never really got to see them play. So being able to watch them, and even though it's a – smaller setting with a half court it was still a lot of fun and Tom you know Joe Johnson is leading that whole league in points and assists and he's like oh, an yeah. MVP candidate for them and I, he's making a case where hey I can give one more good run in the NBA I know uh, Amari Stoudemire who's also in the big three he's True. getting looked at by a couple of uh, NBA teams also Nate Robinson's in there so it's a lot of guys that you remember a few years back getting another shot to play in a, a small setting three-on-three basketball. So, yeah, it, overall it was a great experience, a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to coming back to the Barclays Center or Madison Square Garden 
wherever they would go. I'm looking forward to going to their next game. Very nice. I'm glad you had that. I love Joe Johnson, by the way. I just yeah. former court Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, fans were loving <laughs> Joe Johnson when you and he had the. You have to win by. Uh, you have to win at the fifty point mark, and there's yeah. a four point circle there, and so they had forty six points, and Joe Johnson just put his foot on the four point circle, got it in. And then one, and the crowd went crazy. It was oh, awesome. I, I think the big three league is just a great idea in general. Yeah, I think it's a lot of things people forget about how like, it's a it's a great opportunity for guys who don't want to stop. And they it's a it's a carefree league in terms of it doesn't put a lot of stress on them. It's no, just games. fun, casual. Yeah, it's fun guys, and it's a lot of guys who play together. Or and it's just a great idea. And I think Ice Cube and the rest of them came up with a great idea. It's third year, right, too? This is its third year, yeah. yeah. Going strong. I like it. It's a good job. So, um, other news around the NBA. Kawhi Leonard signs with the Los Angeles Clippers for a four-year, $141 million deal. Yeah. With an opt-out option after the third year. hmm And not only did Kawhi sign with the Clippers... They also get Paul George and a deal with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, this these two transactions are monumental. Yeah, Because huge. Kawhi Leonard is the first player in NBA history to join a new team right after winning the finals MVP. And you're looking at this Paul George trade now. Paul George was one of the top three candidates for the MVP and the defen- NBA. And defensive player. And defensive player. That, so, yeah. Will anybody score on these Clippers? I, I mean, those Straight two obviously one of the moves down. Yeah, one of the, the best two defenders in the league, and then I mean another underrated sign they brought back Patrick Beverly, one of the more underrated defensive point guards, and I mean, those three guys just all alone. Imagine going up against those three. True. <sighs> defensive nightmare. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to watching them going head to head with the Lakers, next season. That should be a lot of fun to watch. Evan. The Paul George trade credentials. So the Clippers get Paul George. The Thunder <laughs> get, a lot. get Shea Gilgis-Alexander. <laughs> yes. Danilo Gallinari. Mm-hmm. The Clippers' first round picks in 2022, 2024, and 2026. Guys, we're talking seven years down the line here. 2026. Yeah. Didn't know you can do that. This, <laughs> is, this is Brooklyn Celtics, just that kind of future <laughs> trade. <laughs> <laughs> shenanigans like seven years on the line and you have more picks to, to announce and, too and, today. and thing is the crazy thing about this is this is going to be something that they're going to talk about and keep talking about for for a while a while because it's the legacy of the trade but let's continue with the credentials here guys first round picks in 2022 2024 and 2026 <laughs> pick swaps in 2023 and 2025 and the heat picks in 2021 and 2023 this was a three team deal yeah. That included the Miami Heat. So that was just insane because the Clippers got uh, Mo Harkless. Um, just fantastic moves overall. The Clippers also added Patrick Beverly in the offseason. They added Zubak, McGruder, Mo Harkless, and J. Michael Green. Yeah. Um, now, and also, Fonz, this, this move overall really – puts the Clippers among yeah. the top in the Western Conference. Yeah, and even uh well last year, I mean the Clippers, I mean obviously they were in the they made the playoffs and they didn't have uh a, a lot of uh star players there and then they traded now for the two best well Kawhi Leonard's one of the best players in the NBA. Paul George is up there too. 
and they, they immediately makes them a top three team in the Western Conference. That's yeah. incredible what they did. All right. Yeah, no, so, uh, sorry, we're getting some little technical difficulties here. Yeah, so, Evan, I was just talking about, uh, you know, the Clippers going from a lower-level team last year. I mean, they made the yeah. playoffs. Yeah. And they were still good, but you didn't have a lot of that star power. No, definitely not. And then now they have, I said, Kyle the best player in the, in the NBA, and then Paul George up there, oh, too. these are two of the three MVP candidates last yeah. final MVP And you candidates. can, you literally, just that star power alone, put the Clippers in the top four, top I think top they're three, even I think, top two. I think they're competing. Yeah. I think they're competing with the top of the 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 West right now. Yeah, you can even put them at the number one spot too, and then uh, I it's really what the Clippers did. Even I mean they had no star players before, now they have two, and then it's just no. I think bringing back Patrick Beverly, I think is such that also underrated because just a guy who's one of the best defensive guards in the league. You want him on, especially in a late playoff in a, series. In a late playoff series, you want to put him on your the best guard you're facing. If you're playing a team like Portland, you could put him on Dame. You could put if, if you're playing a team like the Rockets, now you put him on Russell Westbrook. You're putting him on the Lakers. You got you just you have a guy who could lock down your best guard. Yeah, and you still have Paul George, Kawhi and, Leonard, uh, yeah. who Kawhi is probably the best defensive player in the league. Yeah. The other big move, the Russell Westbrook deal. Uh, <laughs> Russell Westbrook. We missed a lot when we were off the air. <laughs> we yeah, were off it's the air. been a long two weeks, Fonz. Uh, oh, gotta love the NBA. Westbrook was traded to the Houston Rockets, and then the Thunder in exchange get Chris Paul, protected first-round picks in 2024 and 2026, protected rights to swap picks in 2021 and 2025. Russell Westbrook played 10 years with the Thunder. He grew up in this organization. He actually played... He'll be joining James Harden in Houston, who he played for yeah. the first three years in his career. In fact, with Westbrook, he was the final pick when they were known as the Seattle <laughs> Supersonics. Remember, once yeah. they drafted him, they immediately changed to yeah. Oklahoma City Thunder. He so he was drafted as a Seattle Supersonics. Correct. Longest fi- tenured player in the league. Yeah, official. the last official Supersonics pick. I believe that makes it Curry and Thompson now as the last. Curry is, I think Curry, Curry is, is number ten- one, and Thompson, I think, is right behind him. Yeah, Curry's the longest ten- tenured player in the NBA right now. He's yeah. drafted in 09, so now 10 years. Uh, Loyalties aren't really a thing in the NBA anymore. Yeah. Um, so... Russell Westbrook and James Harden played together for three years. Now, a lot of people are concerned that they're both, you know, they both like having a ball in their hands at the same time. A lot of people love it because they have chemistry. They play together. It has been a long time, though. And now, not to mention, yeah, you were right before. Westbrook and Harden got picked the same year. It was just, it, it was... It was a great three years in OKC. It was a big ride. They went to the finals once. Yeah. So and it was one of the it was one of those what ifs too with that whole the two of them Durant and uh, Ibaka like that whole young core they had like it's a big what if like it what if they never traded yeah. Harden now you can somewhat see it now with Westbrook now joining Harden down there in Houston and then the Rockets signed a backup for Clint Capella Tyson Chandler veteran guy you always want to have him in your locker room former Definitely. Laker former Nick former Bull former Son former half the NBA. Pretty much, he's I been mean, around for a Tyson Chandler, t- uh, champion with the Dallas Mavericks, too. Yes, yeah, remember the NBA champion. Tyson Chandler was drafted in 2001. He's seven foot one, 36 years old. Started I mean, he's with still the young. Hornets, I believe, right? Or the, when they were in New Orleans. He well, he was or part the of the Bulls. He the was Bulls, and the Bulls the then he got traded to the Hornets. Basically, yes. Yeah, so like Tom said, uh, former half of the NBA, number two overall pick. 
Wow, and I mean, he could still, and he's not the two thousand one. Listen, you're not gonna need him to st- mm-hmm. you're not gonna need him to start eighty two no. games. Uh, have him back up, Clint Capella. Have him it's a good spot, and I, I think he filled in well with the Lakers last year too. And I asked him to put him again in some minutes. He did a solid job. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, the Lakers, the other team that's been making big moves since <laughs> bringing in Anthony Davis, they have signed Danny Green to a two year thirty million dollar deal. They bring back Contavious Caldwell Pope. Two years, sixteen and a half mil. Avery Bradley, so a bunch of shooters, mm-hmm. shooting guards. Javale McGee is back on a two-year deal. Quinn Cook, they get from the Warriors. Quinn Cook and Danny Green, two great signings. Oh yeah, very wow. good to help them out off the bench too. Two former two. NBA champions. Yeah, and they can yeah. shoot too. That's what you probably want to have off the bench too. And that, that I like that. I, I like, like those two signings. signings. You you bring up Bogey yet, or you're just kind of uh, we're gonna get to that oh. in a second. Gotcha. Alex Crusoe. I like him. He's been around. He's been the Lakers for a couple of years. Former two-way, like the when the NBA does the two-way Texas player. Yeah, yeah, yeah like when they they spend time between the G League and the NBA. He's been yeah. with the system for a while. Bring him back on a cheap deal. Nothing wrong with that. Rajon Rondo, Demarcus Cousins, a one-year, three and a half million dollar deal. I mean, for a guy who was once considered the best center in the league, even if with recovering from the injury, still not himself, it's a low-risk, high-reward type of thing here. Yes. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. And then I, I, you got Jared would, Dudley and Troy Daniels. I would honestly even consider starting Boogie with the second lineup just because I think that's where he thrived best with the Warriors when he wasn't with that like the star power. Right. Because he's able to do his own thing. Because I feel like Boogie's the type of guy who wants the ball, and when you have LeBron and Anthony Davis with you, you're not going to get the ball. And you saw when he did, was in Sacramento, he was the guy, and you saw what he was able yeah. to do. Here's so. the thing, too, though. A lot of people forget that Boogie and AD played together in New Orleans where they were the front court. I know. That brought them to. I know Boogie was out. He was hurt a lot during that time. Though it was kind of like, oh, what do you, what, what if too with that whole thing? So you're thinking maybe to start the season, have him come off the bench. But at some point, maybe you could start him. I know LeBron is running the point, so Mm -hmm. I know you're already going kind of big. So it would make sense for Cousins to come off the bench. Yeah, for now, and then have Kuzma play the four, and then have Danny Green and either Bradley or Caldwell Pope in there. You probably would have to probably would start Bradley and have KCP come off the uh, come I off the bench there. Yeah, I think people are even talking about Kuzma being that guy off the bench instead of Boogie. With with, with uh, interesting, yeah, but with the uh, Kuzma was part of like they were talking about him moving him to get either Anthony Davis or whatever. But the Lakers wanted to keep him, and I don't think they're going to keep him around well, just I, to come off the I bench. I think back they, to like the draft lottery when like they're t- like he was their Lakers representative, and like yeah. even on air they were saying like, "Oh, Kuzma could be dealt," and he's just standing there like, True. "I'm still on the team." Yeah, I think that I think if they wanted to keep him so badly, they're not going to have him come off the bench. I yeah, I I would happen to despite you know. The Clippers are obviously the winners of free agency. So are the Brooklyn Nets. Those are the top the, the top two teams. I'm still iffy on Brooklyn. Like, yes, you bring in. Look what Kyrie did with Brook with the Boston Celtics. Yeah, I think they're much worse off, even with Kemba, even with. But uh, name wise, they're the winners. Of oh, name wise, of course, they're the winners. And KD, Achilles injuries, in my opinion, are the hardest injuries to come back with in sports. Yeah. I mean, look what it's done to Boogie. My thing with Brooklyn is they're not going to be much better than they were last year because mm-hmm. you're basically replacing D'Angelo Russell with Kyrie Irving. No. And, and I think D'Lo kind of fits in better with what they had than what Kyrie Yeah, has. I would have preferred to keep D'Angelo Russell. You keep if D'Lo I'm the Brooklyn and then Nets. you sign someone else. You could still sign, but I guess the way to get KD in was to bring Kyrie in instead. Pretty so much. I would throw Utah in there as a winner. Well, no, yeah, I no, was getting to that sorry. too. No, it's fine. Uh, Utah Jazz. 
Philadelphia 76ers. The two teams, yeah. Sacramento Kings. My, my Kings. My, my Kings. Sa- <laughs> Sacramento Kings are going to be better. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're going to be a lot better. They, 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 they might fight. They might fight for the playoffs. Oh, the they're, West, they're going the, to. The second but. half of the West is going to be very interesting to watch this yes, year. Yes, it will. I think there's a lot of teams. I think Phoenix even. Uh, kind of like they obviously didn't make the big moves, but. I still think they should have gotten Daniel Russell or uh, whatever. Or Dario Sarge. Oh, I, I know so Ty Jerome's your guy, but I thought they should have got a Kobe White <laughs> or whatever, a, a point guard. Oh, no, Ricky Rubio's not horrible, I'll but. I'll never forget when Ty, Ty Jerome was like my size. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, that is two, your guy. Two years younger than me, well, age-wise, but, yeah, but he was three years below me grade-wise. I still so. think most teams in the West can make a run at the playoffs. Yeah, I, I don't think Phoenix will make a run. I don't think – I. I think if I don't think Rubio is enough. Saric, I don't. I, I don't. Yeah. They have the two why. guys in Booker and Aiden, but after that, who do no. you have? Well, you know where their starting five is going to be. It's going to be Rubio. It's going to be Booker. It's, it's going to be Aiden. It's going to be Saric, and then the small forward. Kelly Oubre. Take your guess. Oh, Most Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre. I forgot Kelly they resigned him. And then you have Aaron Baines off the bench. I think Frank Kaminsky. I think they're going in the right direction though, because I think there's a lot of mismanagement. Well, here's there the thing: there's some nights Aiden will come off the bench. There's some nights they said that they are going to flirt with that idea. Yeah, but I mean, when you drafted number one overall, do you really want to do that? Well, I, I don't think James Jones wants to put like a bunch of pressure on him. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of it. Well, like, James but, Jones knows how to win. He has three uh, NBA championships. I know we recapped a lot of the free agency moves that happened uh, two weeks ago, so we're not going to go over everything again tonight. But no, the, yeah. The no, biggest no, no. moves, the Pelicans, Derek Favors, drafting Zion Williamson, such a great... Ball, Hart, Ingram. I will fight for him. Darius Miller resigned. Hey, Pelicans can make uh, some sort of noise. Playoffs, I maybe. Think, I think JJ Redick was one of the. Oh, and him! Signings. I forgot about him. Getting signed because I just think he fits well with what they're trying to do. He'll start with them. You know, he's never missed a playoffs in his career. Really? Oh, because he started out with the he's, Magic. He was in the Magic when the hit yeah, the, 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 and then he went, went to Clippers. The Clippers you forget the <laughs> he's never missed CP3 a playoffs. Back when the Magic were a playoff team. <laughs> That's what Dwight Howard will do to you. J.J. Yeah. Redick, former Duke Blue Devil, never missed the playoffs. He played with the Bucks in 2013. Yeah, yeah the Bucks made, made the playoffs, playoffs that, that year. And then the Sixers. I think that was the Bucks in six here. When they... Brandon Jennings said when Brandon Bucks in six. Bucks in six. Heat and four. <laughs> so that it was uh, Heat and four. Jonathan Clay Redick. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Sounds okay. like a Duke name. Very... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then Philly bringing in Al Horford, Josh Richardson, mm-hmm. re-signing Tobias Harris. So, like, as you brought up two weeks ago, a B-level free agent for that much, a max deal, five years, 180. Uh, I, I have him more of like a B-plus. I mean, it's, I think it was more of like, if not Tobias Harrison, I, we can't, they can't get anyone else. So I think they just bit the bullet on giving him the max. So that, Locking down Ben Simmons. Uh, their biggest loss will, will be J.J. Redick, in my opinion. Yeah, over Jimmy Butler. Oh, by definitely. Far. I agree. Yeah. I think Redick brought such a – he just – yeah, he played well so well with the rest of the team. Uh, Utah looks great with Conley, Bogdanovich, yeah. Donovan Mitchell, mm-hmm. Joe Ingles. Yeah, and I like. A, there. I mean, there's your five right there. That's a good lineup for the Utah Jazz. Yeah. A couple other transactions. The Cavaliers finally waived J.R. Smith. We'll see where he's headed. There's rumors about Milwaukee. Yeah, you met he with was, Milwaukee. He cited, was cited in Milwaukee. I'm not sure if people thought right I don't away want that him in Milwaukee. Milwaukee people signed. thought right away uh, he go to the Lakers because of LeBron. I know Milwaukee I signed Milwaukee. one of Giannis's brothers. Thanasis, yeah, I, I don't want Kostas. Kostas was released by the the Mavericks today. Right. 
Have him have uh, have the whole Andre the Kumbo family in uh, Milwaukee. The sign him with the, I mean, start him with the Lopez. I understand, like it's you have such a deep team. You you don't want to get too deep. I know it's good for competition in a sense, but you sign Wesley Matthews to fill that void. Of forgot Malcolm they Rodman. had Wesley Matthews. Oh, I forgot about that. They signed Wesley Matthews. So there, that there's your five already. And yeah. you, you re-sign George Hill. Um, Pat Connaughton's going to play every game most yeah. likely. Yeah, like he did this past year, and then Ilyasova, Robin Lopez. And Sterling Brown, Dante DiVincenzo was a, oh, yeah, they a got, year oh, older. Right. He got hurt last year, so you didn't really get to right. see him so, that well. They, and no. bon, Bonzi Colson. They got guys. They have guys. They have young guys. So I don't know if you want to bring in, like, a Kyle Korver or a J.R. Smith. I don't know if you want to bring those guys in or not. But we'll see what They're they do. Have. Uh, and then the Knicks get Marcus Morris, a one-year $15 million deal. Apparently he wanted to go to the Clippers, but it didn't happen. I saw this. But there was the whole thing with the Spurs. Yeah. Spurs, too. Yeah. Sounds like the Knicks signing another uh, player that. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's all I got to say. Four power forwards? <laughs> Four power forwards. Uh, yeah. I don't know what Thanks. to say about that. On that note, we're going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we will talk some more NBA free agency and recap the NBA Summer League. You're listening to Review and Preview here on liuwave.org. Evening and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I'm your host Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Evan Masters and Fonz DeFalco here in the studio. Fonz to my left. Well, he might be to your right on the screen, and then Evan to my right. Uh, remember, you can tune into our show tonight, liuwave.org. You could also watch on Facebook Live. If you want to call in five one six two nine nine two two zero three zero. We're open for another fifteen minutes before we close the phone line. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Um, yeah, so free agency so far. We talked about all the big moves that have transpired. Yep. Other big moves, of course, uh, Enos Cantor went to the Boston Celtics along with Kemba Walker, and then they recently just re-signed Daniel Tice. They brought him back, yep. and I like this move a lot because Baines is gone. Yeah. So now Tice can be the full-time backup center, yeah. a young guy out of Germany. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and him and Baines were kind of the same player. That's yeah. why. That's why they let him go. Yeah. And cheaper um, option. I think Boston. Well, I think Baines was part of the the trade on draft night with Ty Jerome. Yes. A lot. Was. A lot of people forget that he went to Phoenix on that. I think Boston really wanted to keep him. Oh, because it, it was he opted yeah. in, then he traded. Okay, because they yeah, lost Al right. Horford. So, yeah. and then they I, brought in. Cantor. I like where Boston is now. I think they I might not too. be in a better off. I think, I think letting Rozier walk, great choice. Irving clearly was not a great fit there, but it was evident as seen in the playoffs last year. And then you got rid of some of the players that were just running their mouth. Like Terry Rozier is out; he's in Charlotte. Yeah. I mean that that was good for them culture wise because. Him and Marcus Smart are just a couple nutcases. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, you have still have keep, Smart, but keep it's keep one of them. You know? Right, yeah. deal with you could deal with one of them. I think, well, no, I mean Kemba, Smart, Tatum, yeah. Brown, Hayward. This is the team. Canter. I think, I think bringing in a guy like Carson Edwards, who they drafted in the second round, backup point guard, backup point guard. I mean, they drafted Romeo Langford too. They brought they drafted scores. They got Wanamaker back. So I think they're. Not, I think talent wise, they're not better than last year, but I think as a team, they have they're the a better potential. Team I think now. they're more unified yeah. now, and they could build off that to become a more better. What's team. gonna What's gonna crush them is the loss of Al Horford. I think that's that's gonna crush. And for him to they go got to f- worse defensively, especially their front court. Yeah, and their front court is Cantor and yeah, Tatum and 
Who's Tatum, yeah. I guess Tatum has to play the four. Or He's going to have to. Hayward might even have to play the four. Tice. Tice could well, throw I mean, him in there. It depends who you start at the, the two. If it's Brown or Smart, I'd start Brown. I'd start Brown bring Smart off the bench. That's what I would do, too. Because that's uh, length, because Brown's a 6'7 guy. Yeah. A lot of length. You want a little more size. They have, I mean, they have Robert Williams, Sammy Ujulai. They have some young guys, but yeah. not, nothing like an Al Horford, obviously. Right. The Chicago Bulls have been very active this offseason as well. They went out and signed Thaddeus Young to a three-year deal, a free agent via the Indiana Pacers, also a former Sixer. Mm-hmm. They also signed Luke Cornett, a former Nick. Mm-hmm. That was just made official yesterday. Mm-hmm. They re-signed Ryan Arkadiakono, three-year, $9 million deal. And they also signed Thomas Sadoransky from the Washington Wizards, who people are saying he's competing with Kobe White for starting job. I mean, you know, if Kobe White impresses enough, like Kobe White is their future point guard. Oh, I think so. Like definitely. Sadoransky might get the seniority nod. Yeah, and if after, it comes down to it. After John Morant, Kobe White was the best point guard. Yeah. And I think oh. he bent, I mean, I think he should start from day one. Just let him. Might let as him. well. This team is not. But we'll see. I mean, he did pretty. Did do improve. They yeah, also brought he, in. They all brought in Luke Cornett too, right? Yeah, they did. Big man off the bench. And Kobe White impressed uh, in summer league so far. We'll get to summer league later. Look, but I really think Chicago has a shot in the East to. Uh, oh yeah, well in the East too. You, the East, lower level. Wendell like, Carter Jr. from Duke, Laurie Markinen. Yeah, those two. Zach Levine. Yeah, and then you, Kobe White. Kobe White. That's the that's the sport. That's that, that is a core. Young. That is young. young. Young will start at the three, most likely. Uh, Ooh. No, I don't know about that. I think, I think, he probably, he, I think he's like six men off the bench. I think he probably will be the six man, or if the Knights will, if Wendell Carter, they want to give him an off night, or if he has an off night, put Daddy's Young starting. Because I think a back court, a front court of Markinen and Carter is tough to, that's just, they, they yeah, gel really well. Like you just go with the best five, which that is their best five. Oh, yeah, yeah. But we'll see. Washington gets Davis Bertans. C.J. Miles, they get yeah. Mario Jones, Mo Wagner, and Isaac Bonga, and the trade with the Lakers. I think Washington's a good place for Wagner to maybe develop develop more. Yeah. I think he got kind of lost in the shuffle with the Lakers and all the moves they made last offseason. Yeah, for sure. Same, then, with, same with Bonga. And then Washington, you still got your core with John Wall and Bradley Beal. Beal's been in in trade talks. Yeah, Beal and Wall. As of right now. As of now, yeah, but you can't guarantee that by this time next year if we're talking. And they got Hachimura, the rookie. Yeah. Out of Gonzaga. Mm -hmm. Washington won't be going anywhere anytime soon. No, they they won't be the team. They're one of the few teams that you're not going to see them really competing for a playoff spot. I agree. The Atlanta Hawks. A young gun backcourt and Trey Young and Kevin Herter. That's their future right there. John Collins Mm -hmm. at the four. Mm Mm-hmm. Really like what they've been able to do. I really like what the Hawks have done. Yeah, they, and they uh, get Chandler Parsons from Memphis. Yeah, and uh, I gotta say one thing: uh, they waved uh, Jalen Adams, backup point guard, former oh, St. Bonaventure. Bon- I had to uh, give a shout out. Uh, and it hurts to see that, but I definitely think Jalen Adams will get another shot somewhere else. Just when I saw you got waved, I was like, oh, that really that hurt a little bit. You know, St. always St. good to see a former St. Bonaventure in the NBA. Uh, yeah. That's uh, it's about four hundred miles north. <laughs> Yeah, right yeah, from here, yeah, three hundred something. Yeah, well, well, yes, I've driven up back and forth multiple times before. So yeah, I, I, semester breaks and stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Call Real me nice call, call, call call me crazy with yeah, that. I would compare like the Hawks to a team like the Bulls, just young yeah. core, and then bring in some vets here and there. I think it's a good mix. 
And didn't DeAndre Hunter end up there in, yes, in the trade? Did. Yes, the, the, the trade. Yeah, the trade officially and went Cam through. Reddish. The trade officially went through. So yeah, they got Finally. Hunter and Reddish. Evan Tur- they got Evan Turner also. They did Evan Turner with the Kemp Bazemore swap. Really, Turner could be a solid backup point guard for them. I know he's big. He's more of a small forward. Yeah, he didn't but... fit with Portland because they wanted Damian or CJ to bring up the ball, and Evan right Turner is more of a. I right know they really don't really have a backup point guard on their roster. Which it would be Evan Turner. That's probably where he's going to be. He didn't fit with Portland. He'll fit with Atlanta now because they need a backup. Alan Crabb, they acquired from the Nets, quality bench player. Damian Jones from Golden State. Remember, they also signed Jabari Parker for a two-year deal. Jabari Parker's been a bust so far since entering the league. It's hard to call him a bust. I think injuries have played a big role. And I even think with the injuries, yes, I mean, he tore his ACL's rookie year, but even after that, I mean, when he was even on the court, he just hasn't been. Yeah, I mean, he there was points where he did drop 20 a night, no problem. And he he's bounced around so much. I, I mean, thought, yeah. for the number two four pick, teams. four yeah. teams, and how many years has it been? Like a Same six, years, five. Wiggins, so five. five yeah, but when you draft someone first overall, second, or second overall, second, excuse yeah. me, you expect them to be your star for the next right. eight, See, that's why nine years. Yeah. Yeah. So you can throw a, the, the bus thing around, around there. I think yeah. once you saw him fail with Chicago, which is his home... I thought he was going to do really well in Chicago. I thought Chicago was going to be a good fit for him. Milwaukee is where he was thrived, in my opinion. He had averaged yeah. 20 points a game that one year. Yeah, and then when he that fell the, the rotation. That was right be- yeah, that was before the injury, right, the ACL? Yeah. And then the Greek freak came about because he played small forward. And Greek freak can also play. Yeah. So I'm saying that's when They kind of really... didn't play well together. No, or like... he... But yeah. I, liked, I like what he's they He's got doing. time. He's got plenty of time. Oh, wow. He's young. He's drafted first year out of college, obviously. Yeah. Any of those guys have time. So, that's that with Jabari Parker. Toronto, despite losing Kawhi Leonard, they bring in Rondé Hollis-Jefferson in a one-year deal, a slash-type player from the Brooklyn Nets. And they signed Matt Thomas from the European League, a former Iowa State Hawkeye. uh, No, I'm sorry, Iowa State Cyclone, I believe they are. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Ah, Cyclone's correct. Yeah. So, he was a good shooter for them. He, uh... He's been in. He's been a pro for two years now, so we'll see what they do there with Toronto. Uh, they're not going to be back in the finals next year, I don't no. think. But they're still competing in the playoffs. I think they're, they're top. To I think they're top four still. I mean, they still they brought back Mark, they brought back Marcus All. I think that'll help. Kyle Lowry's still there, and I think. I think now you see maybe a guy like OG Anubi get more playing time. Well, see if he could develop. Still Siakam, uh, and you still have Siakam, of course, who... Van Vliet. You got guys. Yeah, Oof. it's tough to see because, I mean, you're looking at Milwaukee, Philly, Boston, Indiana, and Toronto. That, yeah. that, that's your top five again. Yeah. And then Brooklyn, well, Brooklyn might make some noise. Brooklyn. Eventually, yeah. But I think with Toronto, they, they... Hey, listen, they took the gamble for the one year. They got it. Yeah. Could you really blame them for what they did? <laughs> you know, they got the championship, first championship in franchise history. They did it. Yeah. yeah. Really wow. can't take it away, no matter <laughs> if Kawhi was there for a year or five years, you know. Makes sense. The Spurs, they get Damari Carroll, bring Rudy Gay back, and they get Trey Lyles. I think it's a good place for Trey to see if he can make anything out of his career. Yeah, former Denver Nugget, former Utah Jazz. First-round pick, high uh, high draft I pick. Think it was I think lottery. Believe. Kentucky. Yeah. Lottery, right? Bounced around a little bit. I think he'll do, like yeah, you said, I think he'll lottery. do. He was 12th overall. I yeah. think he'll do great in, in, with the Spurs. Um, probably backing Back up, up Marcus Aldridge. Unless 
LaMarcus wants to leave San Antonio. I don't know. Spurs are in a weird, I think the Spurs are in a weird spot right now. Cause Which is weird. You never hear that Spurs, in our lifetime. You never heard the Spurs are in a weird spot. The Spurs are trapped because they're not rebuilding. They're competing they're every in year. A, they're in the average kind of like bubble here. They're where competing you can't, every year you to be. You're kind of like you can't completely break everything down and you can't you're kind of in a spot where you can't add anything so mm-hmm. you're kind of just latching onto a low playoff spot at best and they still have DeMar DeRozan still who can do still one of the oh. better players I but DeJounte Murray man and him too oh yeah oh. No. coming back they're gonna be good I think I think you gotta keep an eye out for the Spurs and yeah. I think if you're on one of the top teams in the West you do not want to face off against Greg Popovich in the First round of the playoffs. Well, to be fair, the Spurs are like a minute away from advancing to round two. Yeah. Yes. I, I, in my opinion, they should have beat Denver. Nah. No, as good as Denver was. Yeah. And Denver will only get better, too. True. So yeah. the West is yeah. Michael very. Porter, Michael Porter Jr. coming mm-hmm. back. No, because he didn't play. And that's. Yeah. Um, the Timberwolves. They get. They go out. They get Jake Lehman. From Portland mm-hmm. in a sign trade, right? Uh, or no sign and trade? No, no, it's all okay. no, I mean, Layman was restricted, but Port- Portland, he that's Port- what it was. Okay, Portland okay. couldn't match, they couldn't match that's the offer sheet, so they weren't going to sign him for three years, 11 million because of the Hassan Whiteside thing. They yeah. were taking his contract yeah. in, because mm-hmm. um, then they had a deal Myers Leonard to Miami and Mo Harkless as well. So they get Noah Vonley, former starter for the Knicks. One year deal, former Blazer as well. Yeah. Former a couple other teams. Hornets, uh, top ten pick for the Hornets. Very true. The Timberwolves also get Shabazz Napier and Travion Graham from Golden State, mm-hmm. which I know mm-hmm. they did not play in Golden State last year. They're both a couple former Brooklyn Nets, but you know how all the movements are going on. Part of the D'Angelo Russell deal. Yeah, back and yeah. forth, yeah. jumping all around. State, yeah. yeah, so mm-hmm. I like part of that. I like the Vonla deal for Minnesota. Noah Vonley, yeah. I don't know. I just think the Knicks signed multiple power forwards. I think Vonla should have been the one on the radar because he was actually kind of one of the guys who had a good start for the Knicks last year. No, I agree with you on that one. I think maybe instead of bringing Gibson or Bobby Portis, you bring back Vonla, who I know he did struggle towards the end of the year, but I think it's a guy who you build up and he showed promise and he's still young. I think he's only like 24, 25. Right. We got to spend some time on the Timberwolves here for the minute because they were the runners up in NBA Summer League and former LSU stud Nas Reed Ooh. signed a multi year contract with the Timberwolves. Good yeah. for him. Right, you got to take a risk sometimes for these guys who end up getting undrafted even though they leave college early. Or and Nas Reed was, was a guy that we thought. It's a two way deal, too. So he will spend time within the G League, develop yeah. down there, start. Well, I think that's where he should be. For, and then if there's games, if there's games that they want to bring him up, have him play a little right. bit. I, think I like is, that. I, I think this is perfect. For that, that. Remember, they drafted Culver. They signed Jordan Bell. Yeah. So he will not get much playing time because I'm telling you right now, the backup bigs on that team are locked. Yes. In Jordan Bell and Gorgie J. Yeah. And you'll probably start Vonley with Cat. Yeah. And the, the two way deals will definitely help them out. Mm-hmm. Bouncing up from the minus. And then you got Wiggins, Covington. It's Teague. they're another team I think that could make. It all depends on I think. Jake Lehman. Yeah. We'll get more minutes there than he did in Portland. Oh, yes. Uh, it should be fun to watch. Mitch Creek, too, was good for them in the, in the summer league. I enjoyed watching him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they did well. Barry's son, too. Mm-hmm. They, they, they were good. They were fun to watch. The Warriors, uh, besides D'Angelo Russell, they get Alec Burks. I, 
and Amari Spellman from the Hawks. I'm a big fan of their offseason, honestly. I think the Warriors. They, I think their one priority was to bring back Clay. They got that done. They knew Durant was walking. They knew he was walking. Boogie really didn't matter. They I got Kevon Looney. I think they made two great draft picks in Jordan Poole and Eric Pascal. I think guys with tournament experience, guys. Wing scorer Pascal and. And Pascal played with Spellman at Villanova too. They which did. Is a little and then Poole at Michigan was great. Big Ten with Brezdikis last year, a couple mm-hmm. freshmen, so it was good. I mean, they made they made warrior-like moves, and like this is the kind of moves they make guys who moves are like when it was Quinn Cook a couple years ago, it was Jordan Bell a couple years ago, just guys they bring in to fill the spots they need outside their big names. Totally agree with you on that one. Now, Memphis Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. Resign Jonas Valanciunas, three-year, $45 million. Mm-hmm. They... Traded away Mike Conley in exchange for Jay Crowder, Kyle Corver, and Grayson Allen. They they waived Kyle Corver, I believe. Which was expected. They were yeah. very expected. Very He's going to go to a contender and come off the bench for them. Probably probably the Lakers. Always a link with that. For some reason, I feel like Corver's always a... LeBron loves him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for good reason. I mean, the guy's top five and three-pointers made. I and I like those moves by Memphis to also... Um, I believe they got Solomon Hill and Miles Plumley from the Hawks. Yes. Some Josh Jackson and DeAndre Melton from the Suns. I think Josh Jackson was because I think Phoenix. I think he was like the product of the mismanagement in Phoenix because he was a fourth overall pick a few years back. Yes, and I he mean, was up there. Suns first round picks just don't really work out well. Yeah. Dragon Bender is now playing in Russia. You know that's a name I forgot. I forgot about Dragon Bender. Yeah, he signed yeah. CSK Moscow. <laughs> I think yesterday, and then I who else? The Marquise Chris. There's just guys. The the Suns earlier draft. I mean, their recent picks now are fine with Devin Booker, no, DeAndre, yeah. but before they were uh, they had Cam times. Johnson. Yeah, Ty Jerome. Yeah. Ty Jerome. Hey. We're on the Ty Jerome uh, <laughs> Look, bandwagon I'm, here. I'm just saying, in, th- in three years from now, he's going to start for them. If he oh, I'm stuck. I, I agree. We got to save that contract. Let's well. save that recording and play it three. Well, you still got Tyler Johnson too. Paying, yeah, they're paying that contract. That's just that. That's just that contract. Twenty million dollars. The Nets are probably happy that um, the Heat matched that contract a few years to back. See a guy who grew up in New York City. Hey, love it. Be in the NBA, fantastic. Kind of like a Kemba Walker uh, um, type story there. Andre Iguodala to Memphis as well. For now, where does Iggy end up? I think really, it obviously probably would be a contender. I think he's going. To the Sixers. That's right. That's a good. That's a good. I think Iggy and Corver should both go back to the Sixers. I like that. First started out. Two former starters in the O three. And we talked about this before we went live. Is the the Sixers have you know their first six seven guys set? They have nobody after that. They have a bunch of young guys. They they lost Redick. They lost Butler. They lost Boban. They they lost McConnell. They can have. They have guys like Zaire Smith and. Dude, you haven't played Mike a Scott. Mike Scott, who's a big fan favorite, I will say. But they can they can sign one of those guys. That would be a good pick. I'm also maybe the Rockets, maybe. You know, maybe they want to have a guy like Iguodala. The Rockets could, could use some depth. Yeah, they could use they it. They really could. But the Sixers, I didn't even, you know what, I didn't even think about that until you mentioned it. I think Iggy that. back to the Sixers would be a good way to make his career go full circle. Yeah, because that's where his career started with yeah. Philadelphia. I mean, hey, he was with AI. He was, that's how it was. The Dallas Mavericks. They get Boban Marjanovic. They re-sign Berea and Dorian Finney-Smith. And, of course, they locked up 
Porzingis. They re-signed Kleber as well. Yeah, the, Porzingis was their main. I mean, they didn't trade all that for nothing. They had yeah. Porzingis yeah, never play in a Mavericks uniform and leave. So it so was many, obvious he was going to stay. So and, many Europeans on that team. Yeah, and then now they have these three guys. You said Boban, Bray, and Finney yeah, Smith. Brea. They're just depth guys. It's that'll... the all-European team and Tim Hardaway Jr. It, 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 <laughs> and Finney Smith. And they it, just waved onto the Kumpo. So. so, well. They just want to depth build around Luka Doncic and Porzingis. Bray has been a, a veteran. Keep him around. Oh, I'm big Bob and remember, guy. they went out and signed Seth Curry to a four-year deal. That which, that's right. That was a good deal. Brought him back because he was a former Dallas Maverick. I th- I, a four-year deal, slight though? overpay maybe, but you know. Well, that's why Portland shooters, keep him, which is good. I think he's a he will start probably be what their backup point guard, or start will he start? I think uh, probably Doncic will be the starting point guard. Obviously, oh, I think is, it's going to be Doncic more... is like kind of a weird hybrid. Team. Well, he'll play. You can put him. He can put him anywhere one through four. Doncic, Hardaway, Jackson, Porzingis, Boban, <laughs> <laughs> Boban, Boban, and Porzingis. Can you imagine that starting? I said Kleber, but I mean probably either way. I think Boban will come off the if bench. If they really want to go small, they can go Justin Jackson. It's weird yeah, without the post Dirk era. Forgot about uh, that completely. It's the weird post Dirk era weird. now. No Dirk Nowitzki. It's gonna be weird. Uh, I think he he may go back to that team to like some extent, like yeah. in a like office role. Yeah, I, I wish I saw Dirk and uh, Porzingis at least play. They didn't play together no, at all. I wish I wish I would have seen one how game. one game. I just want to see how it worked, but and they would have. Look, Porzingis was brought in. To As, replace Dirk. That's yeah. what he was brought in to do. Yeah. European People are comparing European. his game to Dirk. They have since doing. he's been drafted. I think marketing plays more like Dirk than Porzingis. I agree. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, no one, not a lot of people talk about uh, marketing. No, I, I like marketing more than Porzingis, to be honest, because Porzingis kind of has an ego, in my opinion. And then the, and and, the, and the injury. injury. The injury doesn't help the either. Injury. injury bug, yeah. I, I love Porzingis, but I love Laurie marketing too. That's just my thought process on it. Um, all right, last team we're going to talk about, the Denver Nuggets. They bring in Jeremy Grant from the Thunder, which I think is a, is a solid move. I like this move a lot. I yeah, like it, too. You lost Trey Lyles, and you know, he you fits right in there. Back. Him and Mason Plumley coming off the bench for that. Uh, yeah, backup. We'll see if he starts. Well, he's been Jeremy Grant, nice backup. He could start, too, a little bit here and there if you need him, but he's a he good player, defensive player also. I think the Nuggets gave up a first-round pick. I think, or they gave him a, a high draft pick for him. I'm a big fan of. So his clearly, they want to. They need. They want to have him here. No, he's a. He, he's a very. I'm a big fan of Jerry and Grant. That's a former Nick. Remember, Bobo. Oh yeah, boy. Second <laughs> they, round pick for you. The Thunder are uh, not Thunder. Oh, the Nuggets are very yeah. interesting, I think, and then they were the second yeah. seed last year. Well, yes, they, they were, and they lost to Portland. Yeah. Love my Trailblazers. Oh, that, that's your that's your Western Conference team. Bucks, Trailblazers. <laughs> yeah. Michael Porter Jr. in a perfect world um, will eventually, eventu- I'm not saying like this season, yeah. but eventually be the starting power forward if, when Millsap. Such a what if, though. Yeah, we forget that he was the number one high school prospect going to and, Missouri, the number one projected pick, played three games for Missouri, got hurt, well, played one game, got hurt, came back for the final two. Got hurt again. Yeah, drafted. Was, supposed yeah, to be lottery he falls. Another, he had another setback, yeah, right? He's that's what. It, that's why he didn't play his rookie year. He was supposed and to I think play. He had another setback you know, this off season. He was supposed to be in the summer league at yeah, least to develop setback, and yeah. another setback. Just, it's just. I think see, it's a back you, injury or a foot I, injury or something. I know the back injury is the big injury. That's that his big having. one, but it's a. I think it was like a leg injury of some kind. But, but I think Michael Porter is one of those with, big. You see the high school tapes of Michael Porter, and you see, wow, this guy is an athletic freak. He can do everything. Yeah. 
and then you just see what happens, and it's just like I'm no doubt rooting for him. I think he, oh, I, I, I need him. I need him to do really well. I think for Denver the... is a perfect spot for him because Denver's a pretty likable team. Yeah, they they are. Uh, look, I I still think the West is wide open, uh, and the top three in a perfect world will be the two of them and the Clippers, only because the Warriors probably mm-hmm. won't have Clay till playoff yeah. time, if that. If they want to play, and the Warriors. You're looking at a four or a five, re- realistically at mm-hmm. best. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, you never know because we we'll see what Russell does when he comes in. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, they they call Cauley Stein will probably start at center for them. I'm more of Kevon Looney or Kevon Looney. Looney. One, one of them too. We'll see. Mm-hmm. So best available free agents remaining. We have J.R. Smith who just cleared waivers. <laughs> Kyle Korver, Kenneth Fareed, Justin Holiday who I think he was he just, just signed. He signed with the Pacers to play yeah. with Aaron. So two holiday brothers in Indiana. And his brother plays in New Orleans. Carmelo Anthony, who should just retire. Yeah. Jamal Crawford, <laughs> who should also just retire. Yeah, there's a lot of guys. Kyle Gasol, just retire. Sean Joke. Livingston. I thought he announced his I thought we were talking about this a couple I weeks we ago. Talked about I, think, it, but I don't know if anyway. He probably wants to play, but I think he has big three written all over him. <laughs> yeah, just, he could be a big listen, maybe I, some of these guys could go. Carmelo Anthony could Carmelo be Anthony, perfectly the big three. He'd be perfect. He'd draw fans. I mean, but it's a big name, former it, superstar. But with these best available, we see now, like, all the that top. The, yeah, the the A tier, B tier. This is, like, the. This is D tier. This is D. I don't want, not disrespect, but this is the low. Hey, he has a, he's a championship experience, right? <laughs> hey, <laughs> he has a ring. Can't, can't, can't. Dante Cunningham. Yeah, uh, did we say Joe Kim Noah? We did not yet. Joe Kim Noah. That... Nick Stauskas. It, this is the this is the lower level, like you said. Chuck the yeah, Nene. Yeah. Guys that, you know. He's still I thought Nene retired. Pau Gasol. <laughs> Jonas Jurepko. Gold Staff played for the Warriors last year. I mean, these are guys that you might see. I mean, a couple guys I think you'll see a Kyle Korver and Andre Iguodala. Guys like those find. You'll probably see by these spots maybe right before the season starts or during training camps. Yeah, like they'll. I think they're gonna wait till the season starts if there's a guy also, that got hurt or injuries. isn't working. But even probably by the, you hate to say it, but some of these guys when the new year rolls around, maybe Vince when, Carter. When those guys, yeah, oh. Vince Carter too. If you see some guys, uh, I really hope not Vince working Carter out. Gets signed. I think he, I think Vince Carter's better than most of the guys on this list Yvonne, right now. Yvonne Shumpert's still out there. I believe he. I don't think he resigned with Houston yet. I think he's still. He's out been there. around. Yes, championship ex- championship experience still <laughs> has a ring with the Cavaliers. <laughs> Former New York Knicks too. So guys, we have five minutes left. Let's uh, talk about summer the West. League. Yeah, we'll get to the summer league too. The oh. West right now, we know it's incredibly stacked. Has the East improved? I don't think so. I think I think some teams did, but at the same time, some teams did not improve. So you yeah, could say yeah. it's an even amount of teams. I would agree. They improved, but then there's the ones that you wanted to keep up there went down a little bit. Raptors, perfect example. Raptors went down. Right. So I don't know, but then you have teams like we mentioned, like the no Bulls. Raptors, go down. Team like the Bulls, a team like the Hawks, end. are going to be teams that are going to be risers in these next couple of years with the young talent and they have. Watch out for Indiana too this year. Indiana oh yeah, as well. I mean, Miami. I'm not saying like. Top four, but they could with Jimmy Butler. Well, yeah, Miami's also under the radar there. I mean, maybe Orlando. Yeah, maybe Orlando. Orlando was a bottom team know. last year. Char- Charlotte's going to be down at the bottom. Charlotte, Charlotte will probably have the worst record. Oh, I agree. With Terry Rozier dropping Rozier. twenty a game. <laughs> Cody Zeller still there? Yeah, yeah. he's still there. Nick he, Batum. Oh, he's being paid like twenty-five million a year. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> but let's get to the NBA summer league, folks. Oh. Uh, last five minutes of our show. Thank you very much for hanging in. Brandon Clark, 
wins the Summer League MVP for the Memphis Grizzlies and the league MVP of the Summer League. So, double whammy. Yeah. Two, he killed two birds with one stone this good, summer. Good. That, that's a lot of confidence for him. And especially like, not being the primary rookie on that team. Yeah. Well, everyone... John Morant didn't even play. Well, so, yeah. yeah he was really... the guy for the Summer League team, but just that's a lot of confidence going for them, and it's a great look for the Grizzlies. Like, I mean, you throw Conley. I mean, Conley's gone, but Morant. You have Jaron Jackson there. The Grizzlies are another team, this young core coming together, up and coming. Jay Crowder, Grayson Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon Clark. Now, where did he go to school? He Gonzaga. went to Gonzaga. He, he did Gonzaga. go to Gonzaga. He was like one of the best shot blockers, I believe, in uh, yes. college basketball. Yeah, he was. He's... He was one of the older players taken in yes, this year's draft. he was. Um, Which is why he kind of fell a little bit, because yeah. now teams want to go yeah, younger. Yeah, teams like to go younger because of like, the extra years. Mm-hmm. So why well, draft someone at twenty two when you exactly. can draft someone at nineteen? Mm-hmm. Um, he was the game MVP and the league's MVP. Grayson Allen was on this team too. He was ejected in one game. Dan Dockic, some uh, questionable comments about him. Uh, you know, he scored forty points in a game for Utah last year, and I think he has a chance to shine in Memphis. I've always been a fan of his. his you know, have family in Jacksonville that wa- like watched him, and you know he's a fun player to watch. No, so he's not bad. He he isn't bad. I, I think he'll do really well with Memphis too. Yeah, like we know the backcourt should be Jackson and Morant. Yes. And then you have Valanciunas and Jay Crowder, mm-hmm. and then you have Jackson. guys. Yeah. yeah. So you have a solid team, and your head coach is Mike Budenholzer's top assistant for the past six years. Yeah. So you always hey, need a good every champion. Every championship team needs a qu- good quality role players, and Grayson Allen could fit that for Memphis. I just hope he uh, mellows out a little bit because he's getting too much unwanted attention. I think part of the problem is this is the way he plays, and it was just one of those games where he hacked Grant Williams twice within like a span of seconds, and you're not going to stay in the game when that happens. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. that's how it is. Um. But, yeah, no, it should be a fun NBA season. There's still a lot of off-season left. I thought the Knicks had a good summer league. I know Barrett was He struggled, but he had some really good games towards but the Mitch, tail end. And I told you Mitchell this, Tom. Robinson. I told you, Tom, I think Mitch Robinson is going to be a star, and he proved it again in the summer league. I'm really looking forward to has, seeing him. He's perfect for New York. I really do. He is. Ignis Brasdikas. He also he had, had a 30-point game. He, the Knicks are Honestly, he should have been a first-rounder, I think. I mean, you could say that about a lot of second-round guys, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. But he landed in a good spot with the New York Knicks. <laughs> he did. I think the best part of the Knicks Summer League was the fact that they got all of their young core to play in it. Because this is going to be the team. Because yeah, Kevin Knox played, and they're all going to start yeah, in the Knox regular played, season. Knox played, Trier played, and Robinson played. These are guys who didn't have to play. Where we get the Brooklyn Nets had Jared Allen played, which was Kourouks, weird. Rodney Kurtz. I was, Rodney I was when Kourouks. I saw Jared Allen, like, wait, he's. I thought he played. I thought like because he played playoff games, he's been around for a while. I mean, Jared Allen's going Allen. to start. Yeah, going to start. Yeah, because what? It's three, you got three years of summer league. I forget. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I think summer Jared league. Allen's last year, I think. Sometimes even like veterans who've been away from the game and came back, they yeah, go to summer league too. Yeah, so it's they a little. And mm-hmm. uh, Musa had like twenty points in one game. A yeah. guy who sits at the end of the Brooklyn bench, but coming to summer league, mm-hmm. the end of the bench players are the ones that you see. Mm-hmm. In summer league, so yeah, it should be interesting to see how that all unfolds. We'll talk more NBA, MLB trade deadline next week. Mm -hmm. Fonz, Evan, thank you very much for joining me here tonight on the show. Pleasure to be here. On behalf of both of you, tonight's production assistants for Review and Preview were 
Kyle Russo and James Montefusco. Tonight's show is also produced by James Montefusco. Like I said before, on behalf of Fonz DeFalco, Evan Masters, I'm Tom Scavetta, signing off, wishing you a good evening. You've been listening to Review and Preview here on The Wave, the sound of LIU. Good night, everyone. Hey, hey, hey.